Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Gary. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week... It's the greatest battle ever seen in Sweet Valley. Since the last greatest battle ever seen in Sweet Valley, probably. I mean, there have been an alarming amount of battles in this small town. There's places strewn with bodies. It's a mess. But this time, it's a competition to find Miss Teen Sweet Valley. Oh, the glamour of it all. <laughs> the glamour and the inappropriateness. But... Oh, so much. <laughs> We'll save those uh, thoughts for later. <laughs> As usual, we'll dive right in with some taglines and blurbs. And this, <laughs> this one, every single tagline is amazing. Cover, <laughs> the battle is raging. Oh my God. <laughs> it certainly is. Can you share the backline? Sister versus sister. Oh, it could be so many books. It really could. <laughs> and here is the full blurb. When the first annual Miss Teen Sweet Valley beauty pageant is announced, Jessica Wakefield is confident she'll be crowned the winner. I'll say she is. Fucking hell. Just the levels of self-confidence are astonishing. Pathological, some would say. (laughs) I continue. But Elizabeth Wakefield is trying her best to get the pageant cancelled. Elizabeth thinks beauty pageants are old-fashioned and sexist, and she can't understand why her sister would even want to enter one. The twins have had fights before, but never like this. It's a standoff for the twins. If Jessica participates, she'll lose her sister's respect. If Elizabeth succeeds, she'll lose her sister's love. (gasps) The drama. Oh my God, it's it's so dramatic. There isn't even a rhetorical question at the end. Oh, that's true. I thought it would be, will J- Elizabeth yeah. lose her sister's love? <laughs> <laughs> so we can't even say, as usual, the answer is no. <laughs> Though it is no. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> We've posed our own question and answered it. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has to be said that this is one of those amazing times when the cover, a hundred percent, if not more, lives up to the book description. Can you describe it, please? Absolutely. It is magnificent. It's such a good one. And yeah, it really captures the whole vibe of the Mm. book. Like it might not be specifically a scene from it, but it is definitely in keeping with everything that happens, which you love to see. Of course. Um, So it's a twin classic uh, cover. We've got Jessica uh, like (laughs) holding this little um, hand mirror, little purple hand mirror, (laughs) admiring. Well, she's I mean, she is admiring herself, obviously, but she's of looking course. at the down the camera, like we'll say, at the viewer, uh, looking absolutely delighted with herself. Oh, um, my God. So Smug pleased. as you like. <laughs> I mean, imperious, you might even say. She's trying for the Lila Fowler head tilt <gasps> and it's she can't oh, yeah. pull it off quite as well as Lila, though. Um, no, no. 
but, no, I mean, but you know but she does look great um she is wearing what i assume is the dress that's described in the book which we also love to see when it's actually consistent with amazing outfits described true yeah i was just so, thinking that it is yeah. definitely the dress so i don't know if you want to describe what we can see mm. here maybe maybe leave uh, it for the big reveal yeah although i will say what we can see here sounds slightly different and that right now it looks more like it's kind of mermaidy the bit we can mm. see pink sequins yeah it's kind of it looks like a mermaidy kind of bodice because they look nearly like you know shiny scales <laughs> that's true they actually do they're very large sequins <laughs> in a nice way yeah like it is cool but also the lavalier has been tossed aside uh, for <gasps> what looks like a necklace with a little pearl on it so yeah oh but i wonder can you hmm, i'm looking closely is liz still donning her lavalier right you can't see yeah i can't really see i think it would be too low or hidden under the shirt because of course liz is standing right behind her looking very suspiciously <gasps> at her um with her barrettes firmly in place, of course. <laughs> of course, um, she's a between... serious woman, don't you know? Oh, very serious. She's a journalist, don't you know? Oh, um, and uh, yeah, she's wearing a, a pink shirt that matches her barrettes. And they are kind of color coordinated in like different shades of pink. which is Yes, nice I like that touch. It's good. Yeah. But also it's kind of slightly, well, not recycled, but like I feel like James might have dusted off a few old reference photos because if oh. you look at... The cover of the parent plot. It's very much Jessica's face from that. Uh oh, okay, hang on. I'm gonna look at it right now. The parent <laughs> plot, sweet value. You can hear the typing. I was gonna say, probably should have given you a heads up on this before we started <laughs> recording, but here we are. <laughs> Not for the first time we're doing a, a little live Googling. Also, while you're doing that, open another tab and Google um, <gasps> love letters for SVH as well. Oh my God, I see what you mean. I think it is like a reversed version. Isn't it? Like it's a, it's a different painting, but it's it's the same reference photo for sure. Like, because that it angle is the very same. 100% is. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. It's just a mirror version. So what was oh the God. other one? Love letters. And love letters. Oh, yes. I can, it's the one with Caroline. Yes. <laughs> Liz looming over the shoulder in her barrette. It's exactly the same. I think it's even the same shirt, just a different colour. <laughs> it is. I mean, fair play to you, James. Make good use. Oh, look, yeah, absolutely. It. A sustainable king. We love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> we certainly do. Well, the book itself begins with Jessica gazing at herself in the bathroom mirror. Now, Pi Beta Alpha members might be wondering, as was I, is it uh, like the one in the show, which had, very extravagantly, two sinks? <laughs> we're still not over the sinks. <laughs> no, no we're, not, we're not used to such, such luxuries in this country. Well, Liz grins, uh, makes a, pr- a crack about uh, Jessica seeing any wrinkles, but Jessica's not amused. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> like I was just this trying to go so into ridiculous. it, but like it's just—it's uh, such fucking Wakefield bullshit. Uh, mm. Yeah. So apparently, for the first time in a long while, she doubted the appeal of the face and figure gazing back at her. Oh no! Give me a fucking break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's worried. She's losing her looks. Yes, at the age of sixteen, she's basically an old sea hag. <laughs> Well, we're told that the mirror told her that she looked as good as ever. But when Stephen, her older brother, brought college friends home, they didn't seem to know she was alive. What was wrong with her? Uh, she's 16 and they're about 19, so that's what's wrong. And good for them. Good. Yes, she's underage. They don't want to go to jail. 
<laughs> well, there's one guy in particular she was hoping to hook. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, the weekend before, some of Stephen's crowd had visited the Wakefields. It's like, oh, he actually has friends. Oh, um, that's a relief. But Honestly, yeah. But um, she was particularly taken by an especially cute guy named Fraser McConnell, which hmm. extremely Scottish sounding of a name, yeah. isn't it? Well, McConnell's a bit Irish, but... Fraser would be very Scottish. Oh, Fraser, yeah, it? very, very yeah. Scottish, yeah. Maybe maybe he's uh, he's got ancestors in both sides of the Irish Sea. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, yeah, but although she used, we're told, all her considerable skill flirting with him, can you imagine? Uh, <laughs> Fraser hadn't even noticed her. And uh, yeah, she, of course, we're told the guys at Sweet Valley High seem to be as fascinated by her as ever. So don't worry, lads. Like, she's stand down. It's not an emergency. She's still <laughs> super hot. It's okay. <laughs> but she's tired of immature boys. I mean, that's a very worrying thing. I know, but every second book, it's like, oh, I want to date college boys. I don't want to date the boys in high school anymore before just going out with a high school boy again. It's oh, like, that's true. This is just a constant thing with her. Yes. Well, she thinks, how could she? How was she supposed to date college men like Fraser McConnell if she couldn't even get them to look at her and find out, say, you're not supposed to be dating <laughs> college men. <laughs> you are a child. Please stop. <laughs> well, she's, uh, she's so... Um, you know, determined to hook an older guy that she is staying home alone tonight because uh, while, of course, several boys at school have asked her out, like, again, lest you think that she's <laughs> she's really lost her looks, she'd rather stay home than, quote, date a kid. Bitch, you are a kid. What is the story here? <laughs> <laughs> but then she picks up the Sweet Valley News and she's reminded of something. Yeah, at first I was like, are they going to pretend like she didn't know about this? I'm just forgetting the end of the the last book. (laughs) But no, yes, she sees an ad about uh, or an article about the uh, Miss Teen Sweet Valley pageant that the Chamber of Commerce are randomly sponsoring or holding. It's a fundraiser, of course. Yeah, they're they're sort of organizing it Mm. to raise money for a swimming pool. Yeah, a lot of fundraisers in this town. Not a lot of fucking taxes being paid by the sense of it. Yes, I mean, just use taxpayer. Well, actually, the, the taxpaying payers' dollars do come into it later, but I guess that's in relation to the school. Mm. Um, yeah, they they are the sponsors, and there will be, or they're the organizers, and it's for girls between the ages of fifteen and eighteen. Really weird age bracket. Oh, don't like yeah. it. <laughs> uh, I guess even they thought that like fourteen would be. Fuck, too fucked up. I mean, 15's still pretty bad. Still bad, you guys. (laughs) And uh, there'll be a cash uh, prize and various local merchants have agreed to donate prizes. And uh, Jessica literally cries, yes! (laughs) Then we get a trademark Jessica fantasy. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> she jumps out of her chair with the excitement of it all, uh, smiles to the invisible audience in the room, oh, raising yeah. her hands high over her head and whooped, and the winner is Jessica Wakefield. <laughs> so she uh, naturally imagines herself standing in a circle of golden light on the stage of the auditorium at Sweet Valley High while a fur-trimmed velvet cape was draped over her shoulders <laughs> and a gleaming crown was placed on her head. The master of ceremonies <laughs> laid two dozen red roses in her arms. And in that moment, the fantasy was so real that Jessica could almost smell the flower. It's like, Worrying. what kind of budget do you think they have for this, Jessica? They can't afford a fucking pool. They're not, 
smashing out on velvet fucking cloaks and trimmed robes. It's a bit of um, a Prince of Santa Dora vibe, isn't it? When she had that daydream, <gasps> it's a bit like that. Oh. Now that was the best it was daydream. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, she then uh, imagines herself gliding triumphantly down the makeshift runway. That sort of adds a bit of an amateurish tone to the whole thing. <laughs> Rickety runway creaking under her feet. <laughs> Spent all the money on the Irvine robes, apparently. <laughs> Um, and she's waving one elegant gloved hand at the adoring audience, her eyes glistening with endearing tears. She couldn't be endearing if she was holding a basketball of Labradoodle puppies. <laughs> just the shallowest, most cold-eyed bitch. That's the thing. You'd be like, someone save those puppies. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Well, her fantasy goes so far, the cheers and applause fill her, filled her ears and she could see people nodding to one another, approving the judge's choice. Fucking hell. <laughs> Everyone agreed that it had been no contest. Jessica Wakefield had been the obvious winner from the first. I guess, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's so, it's such a level of detail for this, this victory fantasy. Mm. Um, but uh, basically, she thinks that the whole point of it is that is that when she um, when she wins, which she is obviously going to do, mm, of course, um, Fraser will not be uh, able to resist her because what guy in his right mind could resist Miss Teen Sweet Valley? I mean, somebody who didn't want to go out with teens. I would Truly, hope. yes, <laughs> accurate. <laughs> but the next day. We're told that she hasn't yet brought up her uh, plan to enter to family or even her friends. And for a reason that is, frankly, unhinged. Truly. Like, yeah, as as <laughs> I was just reading it again, they're going, this is actually unhinged. And then you said it and it was like, yeah, agreed. Huh? Uh, yeah. So apparently she's going to wait and see who's signing up because if the other candidates knew Jessica was entering, they were bound to get discouraged and withdraw. <laughs> In that case, either the pageant would be cancelled or Jessica would win simply because she was the only person in the contest. Like, this is a frightening level of... Like, you love to see self-confidence in a teen girl. Great. But she's a fucking psychopath. Like, this is weird behaviour. Oh, my God. She's even wondering if she'd still get the prizes if she won by default. Because everybody would be too intimidated. Like, And this isn't even presented as Jessica being kind of gas and, you know, thinking so much of herself. It's just yeah. like... This is straight up the truth, you guys. Yeah, this is just her very rational, uh, like, <laughs> going through all the possibilities. Mm, yeah. um, but at lunch, Amy and Lila are chatting about the contest and Lila's not interested at all. Oh, she's so fucking cool. Lila's too cool for this shit. Uh, she's like, yeah, I've already lost interest in the whole silly idea. She's like, a shopping spree? Please, I can already buy whatever I want. <laughs> Why would I go to all the trouble of walking down a runway for some dumb prizes? <laughs> so she's... <laughs> totally above all of this nonsense and you won't catch her lolling around the place in a bikini trying to get people to vote for her. <laughs> God, no. Well, Amy says it's probably fixed anyway, but Jess is, is thinking, <laughs> yes, it is fixed because no one can win but me. Jesus Christ. <laughs> she just thinks it's been fixed by, I don't know, the universe. I guess. I mean, it's, you know, Wakefield's just win at life and it's, you know, destined. <laughs> True. Well, at the, another table, Liz and her her uh, gang are mocking the pageant. And while I do agree with them that the pageant is terrible <laughs> and should not be happening in a school, they're they're kind of unfunny and mean, as they as especially the more they're they're jesting 
mm. goes along because they're sort of one of them will pretend to be a compare asking the you know pageant entrance questions and the other will give answers sort of showing how stupid they supposedly are yeah like uh, Enid asks, what solutions would you suggest for combating the greenhouse effect? Elizabeth answered in a silly, high-pitched tone, batting her long, thick lashes in the process, lest you forget she does have long, thick lashes. <laughs> and thinks, I think the whole world should stop using hairspray and switch to mousse. <laughs> oh, God. So they're all like that. And yeah. That's kind of stupid. But then by the time Todd gets on to, do your lips move when you read? Do you read it all? Can you spell book? He's just being kind of a dick. Yeah, that's just kind of mean-spirited then yeah. eventually. yeah, It's not funny. It sort of starts yeah. off being silly, but then it yeah. just... Um, so in fairness, at that stage, I don't blame Jessica for being annoyed. True. Yeah, she's... um Yeah, her, like her appetite is gone and she's like, oh, this is some bullshit. So uh, Lila can see as well that she's really annoyed and she's like, what's wrong with you? She's like, mm, nothing. So they just kind of keep talking about it. Um, But I suppose this kind of... Yeah, Jessica's starting to realise that Liz is just absolutely going to take the piss out of this thing. Yes. Um, And Amy, meanwhile, has heard that there are great prizes uh, for the, the Queen. And uh, she says there's going to be a shopping spree and a new boutique in the mall called Simple Splendid. Ooh. <laughs> and there's also going to be a brass bed, quite random, a stereo, a thousand dollars in cash. But then Lila heard it was five thousand dollars. Aha. So now Jessica's really after snapping to attention uh, back to this conversation because she reckons with that kind of money, she could buy a terrific late model used car, maybe a sleek silver foreign one. So no <gasps> more sharing the fiat with Liz if she gets her own fancy car. Oh, I hope it has four seats. Oh my gosh. Death wagon. Please. (laughs) Well, Amy's decided that she is going to enter and we get a little reminder that she's more mature now because she's volunteering at Project Youth. And uh, Lila asks, what about the talent section? Jessica has an inspiration for what she's going to do. Oh God, yeah. Well, that's it because I suppose Jess hadn't really thought it all the way through and she's like, oh, talent, Jessica's mind word. She was a good dancer. <laughs> and Bruce Patman had won a contest once. Damn <laughs> right they did. And how? Uh, and yeah, she'd even studied ballet and modern dance for a while. Um, I know the ballet stuff is kind of early on in the Sweet Valley Twins series, so I'm not oh, sure if that's like a nod okay. to that. Um, but yeah, she's like, yeah, no problem. Got this in the bag. Going to do an amazing dance routine. But uh, Amy has come up with, with her talent section and she's like, I could twirl my baton. <laughs> <laughs> I like that every time anybody hears that Amy is going to uh, is going to, is to twirl the baton, their response is sort of like, oh. <laughs> which is so mean. I know it is. Yeah, Jess kind of smiles to herself. But apparently Amy was actually quite good at it before, but just hasn't done it in a while. So Jess just reckons she'll be out of practice. So she's just like, yeah, that's definitely what you should do. Definitely twirl your baton. Oh, it's so she's she's cutting all right. Mm. Um, so Kara approaches and asks if they're both entering. But to Amy's confusion, Jessica is deliberately vague because, of course, she doesn't want anybody to be so intimidated they drop out of the whole thing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <sighs> well, we cut to the Castletail Wakefield where Jessica that evening is sorting out her many swimsuits trying to decide what she's uh, what she's going to wear for the contest. Mm. And Liz comes in and is all, oh, is there a beach party I don't know about? But Jessica is focused on on swimsuit choice um, because all her swimsuits are too sexy. (laughs) 
Wakefields. This is just goes to the territory of being Jessica Wakefield. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to save the suits till the outfit? Are they going to count as outfits? Um, no, I think we can go for these because there's actually a fair few. Um, mm, they certainly are. Yeah, because uh, yeah, one of the ones she holds up, it's just so 80s, even though at this stage we're in like 91, possibly. Oh, 91 at this stage? I think okay. it might be. Uh, hang on, is it there? No, it's not actually there on mine. But yeah, so she holds up a, a pink and grey striped suit and like just pink and grey stripes. It's just... Oh, I love it. It's, it's so fucking <laughs> I actually just I, I mean, I, I was speechless with delight because pink and grey was my ideal colour combination Ooh. in sort of, well, now, I would say around 1987 now. So this is a bit, uh, a bit late, but <laughs> as you say, but yes, that is an iconic look and I can oh. imagine Jessica wearing it. Love it. It's given me like 80s Miami Art Deco kind of. Oh, <laughs> like, yes. do this thing. Oh yeah. my God. Oh. <laughs> Well, now I wish I had that swimsuit. <laughs> so jealous. <laughs> well, all their, as we said, all their swimsuits are too sexy. So she asks Elizabeth if she could borrow her boring old turquoise one. Yeah, it, it does sound boring. Because um, at least with this other one, we get details like it's French cut and it drives all the guys crazy on the beach. What is French um, cut? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I kind of presumed it just meant it was kind of high cut. I did as well. But then I realised I didn't know. Uh, I, I was like, I have no basis for thinking for where this comes from. I think I've, ne- I've never heard the phrase before. Um, <laughs> but I guess in Ireland, you don't really have much much reason to be have a detailed knowledge of different swimsuit styles. Cause sure don't. <laughs> you don't need a wide variety of them to wear on different days. Just put it that way. Yeah, very true. Well, um, when Liz leaves, uh, having said, sure, you can borrow it, uh, Jessica toasts herself with a bottle of hairspray. <laughs> It says, here's to the first Miss Teen Sweet Valley. Happening. (laughs) Well, later, she's basking by the pool. We're told her tan is deepening uh, as she dreams of showing Fraser McConnell how hot she is. But then who should come in? Oh, uh, it's Stephen and Fraser himself. (laughs) Yes. Um, Apparently, Stephen is home a lot lately yet again because he's got doing some special fucking project. Like, what are these projects? He's always having to come home because he's working on one. True. Look, I mean, at least he's not chasing after someone who looks like his dead girlfriend. So oh, it makes true. a change. You or know. hang gliding. Or, or that. Or both. <laughs> his finest hour. <laughs> well, Jessica, we're told, is uncomfortably aware that Fraser, who has sun-bleached blonde hair, broad shoulders, expressive brown eyes and skin bronzed by Ooh. days at the beach. Isn't he meant to be in the middle of a college term? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's California. True. Even though, even still, I don't know how we should be spending whole days at the beach. Like, isn't he meant to be studying? Stephen's yeah. always got special projects on. It's for you as a party college more so than a college college. <laughs> oh, that is true. I mean, I have read those books. Uh, well, yeah, he doesn't uh, seem to notice her. But... How dare he? The mm. neck of this guy. But she thinks that once she, she's Miss Teen Sweet Valley, he'll never ignore her again. Oh, my God. Well, Stephen asks his pal to join him and Cara for pizza um, and, and to get in touch with some girl they know. Jessica doesn't like the sound of this. But um, Fraser have, has other plans. Oh yeah, he says that he um, he has to go to his little sister's dance recital, uh, and Jessica notices that he speaks with a sort of quiet pride. Uh, so she's like, "Ah, oh, interesting. These are things I'm learning about him now." But um, yeah, she 
kind of asks what kind of dancing this sister does. And he's like, oh, it's mm. like modern dance. And then Jessica, Jessica decides that that's decided now that her talent is going to be doing a modern dance like routine for the pageant. Uh, because apparently it'll impress the judges and it'll impress Fraser too <laughs> because he seemed proud of his sister's accomplishments and the fact that Jessica had something important in common with her had to work in her favour and it's like why do you think you're going uh, to get his attention by reminding him of his little sister and that yes. that's going to make him want to bone you like what's happening here <laughs> my notes just say yes Jessica remind him of his sister <laughs> Seriously. Then again, the way they talk about relations, you know, their their relatives in, in these books, it's like, I guess that's an angle you can go for. Well, I mean, that is a good point. <laughs> Worrying point. Not a point but, I wanted to make, but no. here we are. Well, we, we're dealing with the universe we've been given. These are the cards we've been dealt. Well, she has yet another fantasy of entering the Dairy Burger hand in hand with Fraser in a glamorous evening gown and a winner's sash. Fucking hell. She yeah, has a lot of fantasies. The roses are back. So she's, yeah, back in her in her winner's uh, outfit with all her roses and, yeah, parading around the Dairy Burger, apparently. <laughs> Living the dream. Well, we cut to Monday at school, and Liz is livid um, because there's there are pageant posters all over the school because it's happening in the school auditorium. It is that, so gross that the that school is, is involved. So weird that the school is this involved. It's so strange that it's happening in their auditorium and like that there's posters all over the school for it. Like this is not a school event, and it would be weird if it was. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is that like I'm gonna. This is a spoiler alert. Chrome Dome Cooper is the fucking MC of this Mm-mm, event. Yeah. That's which is bizarre. wrong in so many different ways. So look, yeah. th- this is the thing. Liz is a hundred percent right because her problem is not just the fact she doesn't like pageants. It is that it's happening in the school, which is means it's being funded by taxpayers' money. Like yeah. she is perfectly, perfectly legitimate. It is a very fair point to be annoyed by that part of it. Like whatever you think about pageants, the fact that it's happening in the school is really fucking weird um, and so inappropriate. (laughs) Yeah, because she wants to organise a protest committee um, and she says, we'll go to the mall and the library and collect signatures protesting the use of the school auditorium, which of course belongs to the taxpayers for such a ridiculous purpose. Hmm. Um, So yeah, Liz, like you are 100% right. That is fair, yeah. Um, Because it's not like she doesn't like pageants in general, but her objections to this one is very specific and it's pretty hard to argue with her. And in fact, as we find out, spoiler alert, Jessica can't. Yeah, (laughs) very true. Yeah, it's just the school's involvement in this is really weird. And I know there was a kind of a weird thing before. Wasn't there already like a Miss Sweet Valley High was that at the end of like power play? Because it was like her against Robin and that was all the like weird signs with like Robin has us to Robin and all that stuff. Oh. <laughs> Wasn't that for like another weird school pageant thing? <laughs> That's true. But I don't know, was that more like one of those weird like dance like... That was, it was an election things. thing. So it was something yeah. organised by the kids themselves. Whereas I guess, this yeah. is the Chamber of Commerce and the school formally mm. organising it. there's other, like there's kids from other schools applying for this as well. So it's not like it's a Sweet Valley High event. It is like a the wider town or 
whatever fucking weird area they live in <laughs> um, is that it's for. And yeah, it's just, it's so weird that the school is disinvolved in it. Yes. Um, so that's, uh, Liz decides she's going to write an article for the Oracle as well. And she heads to the office after school uh, and she's hard at work when she looks up to see two of our faves. Oh yes, it's Dana and Olivia. Yes, Dana's an unconventional type, we're told. Mm. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, Dana says she's got that look about her uh, and Olivia's like oh yeah she does she's about to do journalistic battle um, and when Liz reveals what she's writing about the others totally agree yeah they're on board with this plan um, yeah they, like Dana's like yeah you've got my support Liz and Olivia's like yeah I totally agree um, the statement that it makes is totally wrong and they're like yeah we could like march in front of the courthouse they're coming coming up with ideas mm. for what else they can do and uh, where else they can go collecting signatures and Elizabeth's like oh she can already picture Olivia like designing picket signs um, so yeah so at least she's got a bit of support now which is nice and she's like yeah if she has anything to say about it the pageant would be called off and the dignity of sweet valley womanhood would be preserved <laughs> And to be fair, I don't think the pageant is the biggest problem that Sweet Valley Woman has right now. But sure, Liz, whatever you want to do. <laughs> very, very true. <laughs> well, meanwhile, Jessica is at the mall admiring herself in an expensive leotard. <laughs> and she uh, retouches her lip gloss and she heads to Simple Splendor, where we're told she tries clothes on for an hour and a half. This is so long to be trying on clothes. Oh my God. I don't think I tried on clothes for that long when I was buying my wedding dress. <laughs> <laughs> Though I did buy it in a vintage shop in Notting Hill in London, run by a Ooh. mad posh woman in plus fours. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think I'd have been too scared to sit there for an hour and a half. Yeah. I'm too intimidated. Oh God, get me out of here. <laughs> I did buy a dress though. Um, well, after she spent her hour and a half trying on bejeweled frocks in Simple oh, Splendor, no. she's planning her shopping spree there, which she's, you know, assumes she's going to have when she's victorious. Mm. Um, and what should she discover when she skips home to the Casa del Wakefield? Uh yeah, she she skips home, as you say. Oh, yeah, she finds Alice uh, there. Her mom is making dinner. Uh, mm. But there's no sign of Fraser, apparently. When uh, she, she was kind of hoping he might still be around because, you know, Steve's around the whole time now. But, um, yeah, so Alice kind of tells her, oh, yeah, give me a hand here with, uh, with dinner. She's like, Liz is going to be late. She's working on some project. But Stephen brought Fraser home with him. <gasps> so we'll need five place settings. <laughs> oh. But I guess he clearly ignores her again because uh, we don't really hear a description of this dinner. True. Yeah. It sounds like, weird the way you should like, he didn't even notice her. Is it just that he's not falling all over her? Because I'm yeah. sure he's like saying hello and being polite and, you know, being normal. But it's just the fact that he's not like salivating visibly isn't enough for her. Which is, I think, what she, yes, I think that is yeah. what she expects. <laughs> um, but by the time Liz gets home from her long meeting with basically the all the likable people in Street <laughs> Very Part true. <laughs> the, the, yes, anyone who basically hasn't overtly bullied somebody. Yes, uh, and yeah, and and but not Ken for some reason he's not there. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's Penny, Todd, well, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Edith, Dana, Olivia, Maria, and Winston. Hooray! And uh, yeah, everybody's sort of you know um, doing their own thing around the house, and Jessica uh, 
hears uh, or sorry Elizabeth hears Jessica playing music in her room and when she peeks in she hears thumps we're told uh, and, you know thuds she we're told that she sees Jessica moving expressively to the music Fuck's sake. I just I can't picture what this dancing is like um <laughs> without it looking ridiculous you know yes, likewise <laughs> just because it's but, Jessica I know, and like apparently she looks really graceful. Um, but Liz is kind of like, "What is happening here?" But apparently she's too tired to uh, to get into it with her and find out what she's at. Yeah. So, uh, so she just slips back out and writes a long entry in her journal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next day, Jessica heads to the Chamber of Commerce to sign up to the pageant and fill in the form. And we're told she needs to get some photos and pay the um entrance fee and her parents need to sign a permission slip so she heads home with a permission slip and all the rules but she doesn't actually read them and uh, we're told she's tempted to quote share the news of her imminent reign over Sweet Valley <laughs> what a terrifying prospect good god <laughs> but her memories of Elizabeth's disparaging comments uh, stop her and all the family seem to be kind of preoccupied at dinner so the, no one knows officially that she's she's planning to enter mm. and at school the next day everyone's talking about this stupid contest but Jessica genuinely isn't worried at all because she's destined to be Miss Teen Sweet Valley and at dinner she makes her announcement <laughs> that's it yeah she decides it's time because she's done she's done all the paperwork and uh, mm. you know she's she's bought her outfits and decided on the music and everything so um, yeah and also she needs one of her parents signatures anyway so she has to tell them so she kind of at dinner says um, have you heard that the Chamber of Commerce is choosing a Miss Teen Sweet Valley this year um, kind of smiling because she knows that Liz is probably going to flip out over this mm. uh, and kind of at the same time as she says I've entered Liz says I'm organising a protest committee <laughs> So Liz is like, what? You're entering? Jess is like, you're doing what? <laughs> oh, and it's quite comical. It's a sort of like a classic, like, hang on. It's like a sort of, tra- you know, weak sitcom joke where two people mm-hmm. make an opposing announcements at the same yeah. time. <laughs> um, so, yes, they're both, uh, uh, Jess, they're both, horrified by the other and Liz says that beauty pageants are demeaning to women they should be outlawed <laughs> Jessica says outlawed demeaning how could being chosen prettiest smartest and most talented be demeaning <laughs> Liz counters you think parading up and down a, ba- a runway in a bathing suit and high heels is dignified um, but Jessica stomps off yeah, she's quite stung by uh, by Liz's attitude uh, mm. and feels like she's put her down. So she's just like, I'm not hungry anymore. And uh, yeah, she's out of here. So um, yeah, Stephen keeps making stupid fucking jokes when he's like, oh, take cover, oh, incoming mortar fire. It's like, oh, shut the fuck up, Stephen, will you? <laughs> <laughs> oh. it's like, if you're not actually going to be funny, then say nothing. <laughs> no, well, oh, Stephen makes a lot of sort of feeble cracks in this book. Mm. Um so, yeah, uh, Jessica says, uh, if you ruin this for me, Elizabeth Wakefield, I'll never forgive you. And <gasps> Elizabeth answers coolly, if I have anything to say about it, there won't be a beauty pageant in Sweet Valley. Not this year, not next year, <gasps> not ever. Oh, my God. <laughs> so dramatic. Very. <laughs> well, the next day, Liz is out looking for signatures for the petition with Penny, Olivia, Ina, Dana and Claire Middleton. She's oh. joined the crusade. Nice gang they have there. Yeah, it is. Um, so a tired woman with a baby says that she likes watching the pageants on TV. But um, Liz 
Liz says, do we really want to encourage the idea that, oh, looks are the most important quality a woman can have? Um, so uh, the, the, the woman with the baby signs and uh, somebody isn't happy. It's Amy. Oh, yeah. So Amy strolls along with her uh, her boyfriend, Barry, a member mm. of the Sweet Valley High tennis team. Um, <laughs> He's got so glasses. <laughs> but apparently he's still kind of hot. <laughs> Who knew? Um, but yeah, so Amy kind of comes along and hears Liz giving her little speech to somebody else. So Amy looks really annoyed uh, when she hears all this. And she's like, what are you trying to do? Um, so Liz is like, we want the Chamber of Commerce to call off the pageant. But Amy's kind of like, well, what's your fucking problem? She's like, why not just live and let live? No one's forcing you to attend it. She's like, why would you want to spoil it for everybody else? Um, and Barry's kind of like Amy and kind of trying to pull her away or something. But um, yeah, he's Amy's, not loving it. Not, no. But Amy's, uh, she ignores him and she kind of folds around and she's like, well, you're not going to get me to sign it. Um, and Liz is like, Elizabeth spoke quietly and with a smile. I didn't expect you to, Amy. I take it you're planning to enter. So she's like, yeah, I already have. Um, Liz does come off a bit patronizing here, actually. Um, she does, yes. And yeah, Amy just kind of stalks off all annoyed. Uh, and Dana's like, oh, something's never changed. But yeah. then we get a little kind of like stupid recap about how Amy is doing such great work at Project Youth. It was like, oh God, whatever. <laughs> if you keep telling us she's changed, ghostwriters, I do not buy it. No, it's true. <laughs> so that night, all fired up, Liz writes her piece, why beauty pageants should be outlawed. And at the end, she feels like she's just done all she can. She's stated her ideas clearly. So, you know, her work is done. Mm. And on Friday, Jessica drags Lila to the mall and she has a cunning plan to get the dress of her dreams. She's so crafty in fairness to her. This is very clever. It is like, yeah, also it's, it, I don't, I don't know how she's get, managing to pull this off, but look, uh, mm. yeah, she has decided that on the night of the pageant, she's going to wear the most beautiful evening gown she can find and it's not going to cost her a cent. So I was <gasps> like, Jess, you wouldn't shoplift. <laughs> this is like, of course not. And says it pointedly because of course Lila had previously tried to frame her for shoplifting with the mm. whole Eric Parker show uh, extravaganza. Um, so, yeah, she goes into Simple Splendor looking for the perfect dress. She finds it. It's sensational and we will get to it later. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's perfect for royalty, apparently. So, uh, like, her fingers are trembling and everything as she's looking at it. Uh, and, of course, the gown is a size six. So, you know, of course. perfection. Uh, <laughs> but when the woman asks her if she wants to try it on, she does. She looks fantastic. And, um, yeah, she manages to to somehow swing it so that this woman uh, will allow her to borrow the dress for the night of the pageant because she explains look I, I'm entering the Miss Teen Sweet Valley pageant uh, it would say in the programme that this dress came from Simple Splendour and I can bring it back the very next day in excellent condition so everyone's like oh I guess it would be good publicity and um, yeah she's like oh you certainly make an excellent model let me call the manager so Ugh. Jessica manages to charm this poor dummy into letting her <sighs> like borrow the dress and, and she takes it away with her then which seems yes unusual it's like if this is an arrangement you've worked out like fair enough it's advertising for the shop surely they'd be like you can have it like literally the morning of the pageant yes. <laughs> this is it what's to stop her from just wearing it all over the place and getting it wrecked but anyway well this is the plan and she pulls it off yeah we're told she speaks in her warmest most musical voice can you imagine <laughs> i really can't <laughs> Well, Jessica's delighted um, and Lila grudgingly applauds her her sheer nerve. Yeah. But Jessica's mood changes when they go outside because who should they see but Liz and Co? Oh, she's there badgering people to sign her petition. Yeah. 
Well, she, uh, they, um, she says, care to sign? Elizabeth asked mildly without missing a beat, holding out the clipboard. But Jessica just gives her twin a slow once over and says, good luck. <laughs> and Liz replies, same to you, with the same amount of enthusiasm. <laughs> uh, and Jessica struts off with Lila, but Liz is worried because she feels that there are fears that working to get the pageant called off, she might win a moral victory, but she might lose her only sister. <gasps> oh. Well, later at the Castell Wakefield, the gang are making signs. Now, nobody's as good as Karen when it comes to making protest signs, I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she did make a Sweet Valley uh, pro choice sign. It's true. I did. I did. It was like one of the last repeal marches, I think. And, Before the uh, referendum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, just obviously, as ever, was on a Sweet Valley buzz. So, <laughs> so kind of, um, yeah, just photoshopped the cover of Double Love into um, a repeal protest sign. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> they were wearing Twitter jumpers. <laughs> Well, um, their signs are a bit more boring, but uh, but fair enough. They say mm. women are more than pretty faces and no more pageants. Mm-hmm. Um, and Liz confesses to Todd that things are strained with Jessica um, and she wishes that she, you know, that things could be all right between them. But they're just on opposite sides. Mm. Sister versus sister, if you will. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> And the next day she loads up the car with signs and it reminds Ned of the olden days. <laughs> yeah, Ned is like, oh, reminds me of the 60s. We had sit-ins, sing-ins and sleep-ins. <laughs> <laughs> and actually he kind of was on the sort of occupying the, you know, the Dean's office kind of vibe, if That's I remember true. right. Yeah, him and Alice in college did yeah. seem kind of hippie uh, types, all right, yeah. Because remember Hank... Oh my mm. god, yeah. Hank um Patman tried to sort of win Alice by like airlifting in food to the sit-ins, the students in the sit-in. That's right. Yes, <laughs> he was kind of like cutting his way into the cause and uh, not really actually believing in any of it. That's right. Oh my god, yes. So fair. This is some consistent character work from uh, from Ned. So it is <laughs> like that. Well, Liz asks what he thinks of the pageant stuff, and he says, I think this is actually kind of funny in the book. It's really clear that the parents think this is kind of bullshit but they're not going to stand in Jessica's way because mm. they're always like, doesn't matter what I think um, about pageants. This is between you and Jessica. Yeah, true. And, you know, and it's probably good, like yeah. really good parenting from Ned and Alice, which doesn't happen often. But the fact that they're, like, they're literally not taking sides in this at all. They're like, this has nothing to do with us. We are completely neutral. Mm. You guys have to figure this out. So that's fair enough. Yes. And uh, on Monday, Jessica is uh, is waiting for the 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 principal secretary. Like this is the thing. Again, the actual fucking is... school staff are involved in this. So bollocks. Yeah. Um, she's pinning up the list of pageant entries to the bulletin board outside the principal's office, and um, Jessica's perturbed by a couple of participants in particular. <laughs> Yeah, so there's there's two in particular that uh, that have her slightly worried, but just a little. Uh, one of them is Maggie Simmons, who is a junior uh, like Jess, but she's apparently a talented actress who attended a special theatrical high school in L.A. and started a number of plays there before her family moved to Sweet Valley. Uh, and a, like according to rumor, she even Ooh. had some bit parts in movies. Uh, and she's a pretty redhead with big green eyes. 
And there's another bothersome name, we're told. <laughs> Sharon Jefferson. <laughs> oh, God. She's an excellent student, liked by both teachers and kids. Well, I'm told, Sharon wasn't beautiful, oh. but, she was, but she was very attractive. <laughs> and she had consistently won a place on the honour roll. Despite a serious hearing impairment, she played classical piano. Um, yeah, at this point, I just wrote down, sorry, Sharon Jefferson is just bargain bin Regina Morrow. What the fuck is I this? know. <laughs> I mean, there are other disabilities with deafness listeners or writers not listeners you know <laughs> you guys know <laughs> and then we're told this their words not ours what if the judges voted for her because she had not let her handicap inhibit her <sighs> she's just i mean everything about jess's evaluation of other people is so cynical and gross <laughs> she is terrible like she's just like oh god well she'll be getting the pity votes anyway yeah. <laughs> fucking hell but she but she's worried because we're told no one at sweet valley high except for elizabeth of course could compare to her when it came to looks not even doubting that for a second no, but jessica second. hadn't even considered we are told the possibility <laughs> that someone might outshine her in the talent segment <laughs> What is she like? I just don't know. Like, she's frightening. <laughs> well, um, Amy is furious when she realises Jess entered after all her being, oh, I don't know if I will or not. Uh, but when she calms down, she says she's heard the prize is 10 grand. Oh, fuck. This is some absolute purple monkey dishwasher nonsense. This Isn't it? prize money thing. Um, yeah, because... Amy's like, yeah, Amy dropped her bomb is how they put it. It's like the, she heard the winner is going to be awarded $10,000. Um, and Jess is like, whoa, she remembered Lila saying the prize was only $5,000. Uh, but apparently Amy heard some kids talking about it at the beach on Saturday. So, I mean, that sounds pretty oh. solid to me. <laughs> I mean, you could just look at the rules that you were given when you signed <laughs> up. fucking <laughs> paperwork that you have just <laughs> signed. I mean, it's such an easy thing to check. You'd hear that and go, really? Oh my God, that seems like a lot the money i'm just gonna check what it actually says the prizes are because that seems like it would be a very easy thing to find out and yet it's like nope some kids said this so i guess it's true good enough for me (laughs) well she thinks uh yeah with that money she could get an even better car and she intended to be generous she'd let elizabeth drive it once in a while probably Um, but um, she's still vague with Amy about what her talent section is going to be and uh, but then by lunchtime she's no longer worried about Maggie and Sharon because apparently she's a born dancer okay if you say so (laughs) so there's a frosty moment with her and Liz when Liz asks if she can use the car um, or tells her she can use the car later because Liz doesn't need it and when Liz returns to her pals she says she's worried she admits that she's worried about the oracle piece coming out because things really are bad between her and Jessica that's true it's properly strained at the minute um and liz like the thing like i do totally agree about it being in the school is ridiculous but like she's taking such a hard line in this article she's written that she is like they should be banned outlawed like that it just it seems like for the the community she lives in it does seem like an extreme position that she's actually taking on this maybe she's finally cracked maybe (laughs) (laughs) fuck you all (laughs) 
Um, and Enid says it'll be over in a few weeks, but Liz points out that if it goes ahead, it's going to become an annual thing. And Todd tries to tell her, look, even if it, if it does, um, it, it's not a, a matter of life and death. Mm. And there are a few moments in this book where it really feels like the writer is trying to kind of go for the more slightly realist style of teen books in the in the 80s. Um, like there's a lot of weird, pointless detail about like really super realist detail yes. about somebody like going up the steps, pressing oh a button. God. Yes, I noticed this too. And I, I, it feels like a new ghostwriter or something Doesn't that we haven't it? had before. Definitely, because I wrote that as well. Like I, there was some point that I was just like, this is definitely somebody new because I just wrote down this feels like a new ghostwriter there's yeah. so much mentioning fingernails and nail polish and weird extraneous detail like who's eating chicken and closing the fridge and yes. all this weird stuff and it's like why are you telling me all of this it's not interesting and even some of the dialogue almost seems like it's going for that slightly you know uh, indie film vibe that a lot of 70s and 80s YA, YA had like Elizabeth says and the, um, you have a way of putting things into perspective. You know that, Wilkins? <laughs> Which is not it the usual banter like style. At one point, Jessica says, yo. And it's like, that bitch has <laughs> never said yo in her entire <laughs> life. What is happening? <laughs> it's really weird. I was like, this is definitely someone new. Because yeah. like, there's just all these weird little things that just seem glaringly strange when you're so <laughs> used to the usual tones and language that's used in these books. It's like, something's going on here. <laughs> Well, something's going on after school when Jessica hears beautiful music coming some, coming from the auditorium and murmurs aloud, uh, this is not a favourable development. <laughs> it's a while since she's had a proper Sunset Beach moment, actually, in fairness. So that did tickle me, I have to say. I d- yes, no, I did enjoy it as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's Sharon and she's a musical genius. But as usual, Jessica's moments of doubt about her own inevitable victory doesn't don't last, and she thinks no one, no one was <laughs> two no ones was more qualified to reign as Miss Teen Sweet Valley than she was. Oh my God! Yeah, like sure, simply <laughs> <laughs> because she will murder anyone else who tries. <laughs> oh, true. Well, she goes home and finds Alice. We're reminded of how attractive Alice is, and then. In the detailed style that we have just mentioned, Alice commits what I can only describe as a uh, minor hate crime against the Irish. (laughs) Yes, I mean, I was going to say against tea drinking in general, but we do take it very seriously. (laughs) (laughs) She she takes a cup from the cabinet and a herbal tea bag from a canister. A canister, in case you were wondering where they kept their tea bags. Okay, that's, I'm fine with the canister. That, that's fine with me. It's, okay. She adds water to the cup, sets it in the microwave to eat. <gasps> and at this point, I just wrote down microwaved tea. Americans are animals. And like, I'm sorry, lads. But sorry, it's Americans, but it is. Rageous carry on. Fucking microwaving tea. I just, it, I, I'm oh. so mad. <laughs> a friend of mine made me a cup of tea in Boston nearly, God, it was over 20 years ago now, by putting a tea bag in cold water and putting it in a microwave. Oh God. And I feel sick. I think my face must have shown my horror. Uh, it was undrinkable, oh. understandably. Can you, like just the thoughts of microwaved tea, like, ugh, like why, why don't they have kettles? Like I know they have kettles that sit on a hob, but why don't you, why don't you have proper electric kettles? It is something to do with voltage, but voltage. you can get. Come on, I just, you, 
I'm sorry, it is 2021. Sort out your fucking voltage and get some electric oh, kettle. It's madness. When my parents lived in America, they had to they they did get an electric kettle, but it took a while. And they were living in like Bethesda, like the suburbs of Washington, DC. Yeah. And it did take a while to find an electric kettle. I mean, you could get them, but they they initially just had one on the hob. And I was like, how am I making tea with a fucking hob kettle on a like, gas ring? Like it's, like it's the, the fucking 50s or something. Yes. This is no way to live, lads. No. I'm sorry, but you need to sort out your electric kettle situation. Because it's not even the drinking tea. It's like when you're boiling water for like pasta or oh God, like yeah. anything. Nightmare. But like my, my sister-in-law bought herself a lovely kettle. Um, one of those like Morphe Richards ones with the kind of, and it had the kind of overhead kind of handle, like, you know, like a cool new kettle with a, you know, slightly old timey kettle vibe. I know the sort, yes, mean. yes. However, her American housemate came home, picked <gasps> up the kettle, put it on the hob because she just completely missed the point of this kettle and <gasps> fucking melted it. Oh my God. <laughs> so poor Anya's lovely new kettle was absolutely in bits after like not even a day or two of ownership. And so was the hob, I would assume. Oh, it was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> so there you go. Americans, I'm afraid you just cannot be trusted with tea. It's just sorry. You don't have it in you. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> um, well, Alice, after we've recovered from this um, detailed description of Alice <laughs> making a, a legend cup of tea. tea. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jessica gives out to her about Liz and Alice says, you know, Liz feels strongly about the pageant. Jessica says, this is a terrific chance for me to do something really important. How is this important, Jessica? And you can't even describe it apart from some beauty queens have gone on to become newscasters. This is the thing, because this is more Jessica thing where it's like, oh, this is going to be great for my career. And it's like, your fucking career as what? Yes! (laughs) What do you actually want? Oh my lord. So, uh, yeah, she says this and um, Alison says, look, her and Ned are genuinely really worried and kind of upset about this tension between the chins or between the twins. And Jessica, <laughs> and the chins. Yes. <laughs> but they are sort of sticking their chins out in that cover pick. And Jessica asks, well, are you, are you going to go and support me in the pageant? And Alice's like, uh, of course I am. Um, you know, you're my daughter and I want to support you. And Jessica says, I guess I thought you'd agree with Elizabeth. And it's so clear that Alice does because she says, whatever our private opinions might be, Jessica, you're our daughter. Your <laughs> father and I love you very much. Despite what a horrible bitch you were. <laughs> you shallow wench. <laughs> well, Jessica's reassured. And of course, she has a favour to ask. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> she asks her mom that or you kind of tells her, look, it's about the talent portion of the contest. She's like, I plan to dance, but I'm a little rusty and I'm up against some pretty heavy duty competition because of course now that she's heard um, what's her face? Not oh, Regina, Sharon. Uh, yeah. yeah. Playing the piano so amazingly. Uh, she's like, right, OK, I really need to put my back into this uh, this talent portion. So um, she says that she reckons she's going to need some dance lessons to brush up uh, her abilities. And Alice is like, mm, yes, good idea. But she's very non-committal about so Jess is like laying on the drama with a big theatrical sigh and she's like oh you know the problem is I spent the last of my allowance on the music and on like the outfit for the dance number so she wants a loan basically so she can um, pay for this like crash course in modern dance Uh, apparently she's already called the best studio in town and they have an opening but um, she needs to act fast so they they work out that uh, it will be a loan rather than 
Alice just giving her this money. So um, she mm. says that she's going to like, Alice, again, this is like bullshit detail that we don't fucking need. And Alice's like, oh, I'll be deducting 50% of your allowance until the full amount is paid off. And it's like, okay, we don't care. Yeah. Um, but basically, yeah, Alice is going to lend her this money and write her a check. And that yes. takes about three pages. <laughs> to oh get my that God. Much. It really does. It actually was one of those books where the notes are relatively, I mean, relatively easy. My notes are 8,000 words long. Jesus um, Christ. <laughs> a lot of it's cutting and pasting. But okay. uh, there is a reason, listeners, why, you know, we we put the work in. It's the reason that we don't get, we're not quite as 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 uh, distracted as uh, as we might be in these podcasts. But um, yeah, there were a lot. It was great. There were loads of papers I was able to skim because yeah. uh, it's just very very detailed descriptions mm. of things like Alice getting her checkbook out. Fucking hell! Like it goes on for so long, and it's like, okay, just give her the money. Let's move on. Well, she does remind her debts always have to be paid one way or another, which sounds like the sort of thing somebody would say if they sold their soul. But, uh, I know it's very Game of Thrones, isn't it? Oh, it is. <laughs> like, okay, let's relax. It's a fucking pageant. <laughs> well, the next day, Lila gives Jess a lift to Krasinski's dance studio. Yeah, I guess that guy wasn't it. Was it Patrick or Pat or something? Oh, Remember yes, the dance teacher? The guy that came to school? Yeah, he was just setting up a dance studio in in Sweet Valley, and it sounds oh. like the place is just fucking wall to wall dance studios. God, it it's really all dance does. studios and French restaurants in this place. Yeah, <laughs> it's a weird well, town. this is probably the best one she could find. Absolutely, um, yeah, Krasinski's dance studio. <laughs> yes. Well, she's confident she looks brilliant, even though she's uh, stolen a pale blue exercise outfit. For, oh, sorry. Was that an outfit? No, no, that one's fine. Yeah, go for from it. From Liz. And so willowy girls are warming up and an Eastern European stereotype with snow white hair and piercing <laughs> eyes approaches Jessica. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, oh, you're a new student. Uh, she's like, oh, yeah, sort of. Like, I've never actually come to your classes before, but I've had several years of dance. Um, so he My notes are in all caps, when? In the twins books. Okay. <laughs> you, you just have to deal with it, Anna. Some if of it is insist. canon. <laughs> But yeah, so he, yeah, he's just this like stern, as you say, stereotype of a teacher who like doesn't smile. Uh, like, he has a heavy Eastern European accent, hmm. Polish, Slovakian, who, who bushes. Knows? Who knows, yeah. <laughs> he's a mystery. <laughs> so yeah, he um, he kind of frightens her when he like suddenly claps his hands to get the, the, the <gasps> class started. Uh, and they kind of say he's got like funny, awkward English, even though. It sounds like his English is perfectly fine, to be honest. Yeah, it does. Um, so, yeah, she had only known about him from reputation, apparently. Liz had seen him on telly, uh, that there was some special about him and his career as a dancer and his, again, so vague, his dramatic, daring escape from some little country in Eastern Europe. But it's like Some little country. What, <laughs> what was he escaping from? Like, oh, no, I, 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 no, I do know what they mean here. I mean, it would be like Norev defecting from... Uh, from the Soviet Union. Okay. So it was a thing that ballet dancers did. I mean, also people, including like my next door neighbor, uh, is somebody who who had to get out from behind uh, the uh, the Iron Curtain okay. back in the day. So and Nuria famously defected when he was on tour. Like okay. He, yes. He yeah, lived, yeah. You know when so um the the Russian ballet company mm. he was with were on tour and I can't remember what country it was. Um, but uh, he. He basically escaped from the the group 
and okay. and ran off and was like, let me stay here, which, of course, Western countries were only delighted to do back then because it was sort of a high, you know, they yes, got a high yes. profile commie. And there was like a win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there was an episode of Murder, She Wrote about with something like that. That's my <laughs> point of reference for, the, for this kind of thing. I was like, oh, yeah, it's like that dancer in that episode of Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> Not a tint effect. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm all up to date now. <laughs> well, that's how he escaped. And uh, when he so taught, or well, we don't know how he escaped, I'd like to think he danced his way across an airport. <laughs> oh, this was dramatic and daring, so who knows? Maybe tunneled out or something. Maybe, yeah. Um, well, uh, the class is awful because he's so tough on her and Jessica almost gives up, but she thinks of Maggie and Sharon and she perseveres. And also there was a big sign up saying no refunds. Yeah, so that's that decided. So she has to just suffer through these classes mm. now um, because, yeah, she can't go home and tell her mother that she's wasted all that money yeah. after giving up on the very first day. But yeah, he's very tough on her. Um, but again, I'm fine with that. Like, no, so I like tough it. On Jessica, it's like, excellent. More of this, please. Mm. Um, he's kind of mean and calls her. He says he was the grace of a drunken moose. He dances yeah. though you're wearing boots of lead it's like yeah right lay into her keep saying it well she does decide that the like, evil commies must have been happy to get rid of him <laughs> <laughs> and she's not like she doesn't take the, the the criticism with good grace like she's literally going and puffing up her bangs who knew she had a fringe probably imagine oh, her. yeah they mentioned bangs a few times actually here and it's mm. like no she does not have bangs like maybe no. Liz does but no just no. not which like what am I doing wrong now? <laughs> and the whole class is is uh, is basically him criticizing her, and mm. so Jess is feeling a bit rotten. But afterwards, she has what she thinks will be a moment of validation from star pupil Marlena, and <laughs> it's amazing. Marlena says, "You're Jessica Wakefield, aren't you?" And Jessica's spirits rose a little. <laughs> Finally, someone who understood that she was popular and important should be treated with respect. She nodded and smiled. But Marlena's response is not what she was expecting, is it? <laughs> not so much, no, because Marlena's like, oh, Elizabeth's sister, she said <laughs> with admiration. I really wish I could write the way she does. That article she wrote about beauty pageants was really hard-hitting. <laughs> but Marlena's all about Liz, so extremely disappointed. <laughs> I do love that. <laughs> That's great. So Alice gives her a lift home and she's just exhausted. But she And she tells Alice not to breathe a word about the class to do you know, to hmm. lick, um, not yeah. Ned knows, but Liz and Stephen. She wants to get hmm. a secret. And later, Jess takes her resentment uh, about Mister Krasinski out on Liz because she um, she's like the write up of the school paper was a real hatchet job. Maybe we ought to call you Lizzie Borden from now on. <laughs> it's a pretty good burn, though. In fairness. <laughs> But Liz looks hurt for a second, but then she narrows her eyes and said, I was only expressing my opinion. Mm. And Jessica storms off. So dinner, yes, uh, Jessica is uh, disappointed. Fraser isn't there. Um, <laughs> I think Ned and Alice are relieved fucking feeding this whole extra man. Yeah! <laughs> Would you ever fuck off home, Fraser? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and Stephen gives another of his hilarious jests. <sighs> <laughs> he says, lately this place is all the charm and grace of Beirut. Rude. Which I was thinking was very harsh on Beirut, but also in, in by not, if this book was in the late 80s or uh, early 90s, there had been a mm. war there for 15 years. Yeah, I, yeah, I, know, I was so, like, this is very rude, but yeah, it is literally 1991. Oh, 91. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I think the war there ended in 1990 or 91, mm. I'm not sure, but um, yes, you see his point, but it's a bit tasteless. Mm. Um, 
And Liz pompously says, I have certain principles to uphold, both as a woman and as a journalist. Oh, God, get over yourself. (laughs) That's what I say all the time. (laughs) And then Jessica's all angry and says, and I don't have principles, I suppose. She's shot back. I mean, she absolutely doesn't. So 100% does not. She would know a principle if it fucking hit her in the face. Like, come on. Well, Ned and Alice are like, come on, okay, this has gone far enough. Uh, you have to agree to disagree. And Liz and uh, Jessica can't, and they both stomp off. Yeah, they're kind of, yeah, because their parents are like, look, we need you two to, to talk it over in a spirit of compromise. Mm. But they're kind of like, how can we compromise? Because like Liz wants, yeah, she's like, yeah, Liz wants me to quit, which I'm not going to do. So like, how how do we fix this when neither mm. one of us are willing to back down or budge on, on where we stand? So, yeah. yeah. Um. So the next morning, the phone rings early and Liz answers. And who could it be? Oh, apparently it's Angela Stone, who's a reporter for the Sweet Valley News. Mm. Um, so Liz is all excited. And apparently uh, this Angela Stone woman has read Liz's article in the Oracle. Uh, her daughter goes to Sweet Valley High. So this is how they're explaining this away. Um, so she was so impressed by Liz's uh, opinion piece that they want to run it in the paper, if that's all right with her. So Liz is delighted with this. Uh, Angela congratulates her on a, mm. a well-written, concise piece of work. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, she's super excited now that she's actually going to have her piece in the, the Sweet Valley News. Yes. And uh, Liz, when she gets off the phone, Liz is so excited she forgets, um, you know, what's going on with her and Jess. And she blurts out the news who is in, uh, and Jessica is, of course, enraged and mm. says that the whole community is going to be treated to that, that sermon of yours. <laughs> um, and Liz looks in the mirror. And again, this is really in the tone of those sort of, you know, would be cool YA oh. books of the 80s says, oh, well, having a sister was great while it lasted. Yeah, like none of this is Wakefield speak at all. No. <laughs> or at least not the kind we've grown accustomed to. No, not at all. <laughs> and uh, later she tells Todd's about her woes and he's like, well, look, maybe you should just back off. Uh, let Edith and the other spearhead this project. Um, but Liz just can't back down. And, mm. you know, she and she's whispering, if I could just make her understand. <laughs> just People just don't whisper things dramatically in real life. No, well, not enough anyway. <laughs> I mean, I wish they did, but yeah. More exciting if they did. <laughs> um, and uh, Todd is like, bet Jessica's thinking the same thing about you. And then we get something which actually my sisters and I did note as a regular Sweet Valley trope back in the day because we just thought it was ridiculous. Um, It's a playful punch. (laughs) Elizabeth punched Todd playfully on the shoulder. Mm. You're often doing that sort of like, (laughs) I don't think it's meant to be like a punch punch. It's meant to be more of a sort of like, go you. (laughs) Champ. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, She's determined to talk to Jessica and sort things out. Mm. And next day, Liz watches Jessica read her article in the Sweet Valley News and throw away the paper. She doesn't say anything. Um, So it's still tense. And then the phone rings um, and Ned answers. And it's even more dramatic 
regret. <laughs> this uh, local media situation keeps escalating because now it's the local, <laughs> local TV station around the case. Oh so my lord. Turns out that they were intrigued by the reprint of Liz's article in this week's Valley News and they noticed that Jess is on the list of entrants for the pageant so they want to do a piece on the evening news about <gasps> sisters being on opposing sides of the Ooh. same issue. Um, so Liz is like fucking nice one let's do this. Um, she's excited about having a, a forum for discussing her views uh, and sees a smug little smile on Jess's face and realises she's probably thinking the same thing mm-hmm. although for Jess I suppose it's just I'm going to be on telly nice one um, that is pretty much it yeah so uh, Ned is like yeah look I said the decision would be up to my daughters so I've left the number there for you so you can decide if you want to do this or not um, and the two of them are like yes we're absolutely doing this yeah. uh, it's like the, the, the first thing they've agreed on in a while actually um, so they both kind of run into to wherever he'd written down the number and yeah she yeah they're both kind of excited now because Jess is like um I want the chance to let the world know what's right about beauty pageants, how they bring out the best in people and provide opportunities the contestants might not have had otherwise. And like, she kind of has a half a point there. <laughs> but like, yeah, she's uh, she's not very good at articulating any of no. it. And uh, says, you know, I think they can make a real difference and they're not just for airheads. So they make the call anyway and they're going to do this thing. Yes. And next day, the TV crew arrive at the school again. again. <laughs> we have many thoughts about Sweet Valley as an educational establishment. And this is my dearest wife. I think Sweet Valley High is just a front for something because there's no way this oh, is a functioning school. <laughs> that is a good point. <laughs> well, Liz is uh, Je- uh, Liz is, is kind of cool and calm and collected, uh, but Jessica is nervous because this is her opportunity to counteract Liz's piece. And the reporter makes a, a joke about them being identical, and we're told he was handsome, probably just a few years out of college. The kind of guy Jessica hoped to attract once she'd won her title. Jesus Christ! Have it all caps. I hope not. Absolutely is it, not. Twenty-five. Oh God, go to jail. Do not collect two hundred pounds. He's not doing anything creepy. It's just the fact that she is. This is what she thinks will be her uh, reward for being Sweet yes. Valley. Is like <laughs> this is the pool of guys men. that will be interested in her. And it's like this is the pool of sex offenders that will be interested <laughs> in you. Absolutely not, Jessica. No way. Well, the interview begins, uh, they start recording it because it's going to be shown later. And Jessica says um, that pageants are hard work. Uh, fair enough. But then says, I'd go so far as to say that a beauty pageant can make the difference between being a nobody, being a somebody. And that's a very healthy message. Yeah, it's it's very like her argument is not good. And she just she does come off very vapid, which, you know, I guess not surprising. She is. Because <laughs> Liz's points, like she is kind of hammering her in this because uh, she's like, you know, they're outdated. I'd like to think we've all grown beyond them. And what virtue is there in parading around on stage in a swimsuit and high heels? Uh, and she says, look, you know, millions of little girls watch the pageants and they form what I consider to be some very harmful attitudes about personal value. And it's like, yes, she's making good points. However, you could say the very same thing about this entire series of 200 <laughs> on books. So, you know, not so much with the leg to stand on there. <laughs> very true. We're going to be meta about it. Well, speaking of people who don't have a leg to stand on, Jessica is given the mic, but her mind goes blank. And she just says, someone will win some very nice prizes. Oh, God. Yeah, she can't. She just can't uh, seem to formulate anything. And 
she just like Liz's statements keep intruding on her thoughts because Liz is making her points really clearly and really yeah. well and Jess is just kind of babbling and knows it at this stage and I yeah. did kind of feel bad for her just because I don't know I've, I've had that before where it's like doing an interview or something and it's just like you come out of it going I have no idea what I just said oh god <laughs> like, this is true went into autopilot panicked don't know what happened I know I think we have all been there. But at the same time, Jessica uh, doesn't really have any arguments. This sort of holds it up because it's not even just that she's under the pressure of the spotlight. Mm. We're told she just kept vaguely arguing. The pageants gave young women a way to make something of themselves. And that is her that is her only argument when she's True. arguing with Liz. Yeah. Um. So, uh, uh, yeah, the one thing that hits, one thing Elizabeth said has hit home. Um, no, it doesn't hit home for very long. But uh, it's that in Jessica's mind's eye, she saw the millions of little girls Elizabeth had mentioned staring blindly at their television sets and thinking they had to look like Miss America to be considered important. I mean, they're reading these books, so they're getting the same (laughs) message. Very true. (laughs) And when she leaves the session, um, she just thinks that like intelligence, poise and talent count and lots of pageant winners have gone on to become community leaders and high-powered professionals. But I mean, I think in most cases, they, if those cases, they could have done them without being a pageant winner. Yeah, true. It was just something that they did. Like, it's not yeah. like this is why they are where they are. Mm. Yeah. Um, so at the dance class, it's just her and star pupil Marlena. And at the end of the class, she hopes for praise from Mr. Krasinski, but he just shakes his head in disgust and walks away. <laughs> I just love that someone isn't blowing smoke up her arse because that's yeah. like just her life 24-7 and he's just not having it. It's great. <laughs> and he's enraged or she's enraged because basically like how dare anybody treat Jessica Wakefield like this? Mm-hmm. Um so after, when she changes, she changes after the class and goes back to find him and he's like listening to music with his eyes closed. He's lost in the in the rhythms. <laughs> and she asks why he's being so hard on her and his answer, I knew it was coming, but it made me feel sick. Oh, I know. I, you just, oh, I hated it. It's because <laughs> <laughs> Jess, uh, in her little confrontation, she is kind of nervous, but she's just like, look, everyone has always told me I have a lot of talent as a dancer, but yeah. you treat me as if I'm a fool and a complete beginner. When she so, is a fool. Yeah. So he's like, oh, you think I'm too hard on you and that I, I should not make you strive to do your best work. So Jess is like, wait, what? And she's kind of on the back foot now. So she's like, but it's just that you're so, you're so mean. Uh, and he kind of smiles and he's like, yes, I'm a mean man, if you like. And he's like, legions of my students would agree with you. But I'm only hard on the dancers who have talent and potential. Ah, no. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I'm only hard on you because you're so amazing at dancing. <laughs> so it's the exact it. answer, like a better a better answer than she could have hoped for, basically. I knew it was going to be this and it still annoyed yeah. me. I knew it was going to be the old, I'm only doing it because you're the best. Because <laughs> you're so amazing. <laughs> oh, I refuse to believe she is. <laughs> Well, um, he does say that uh, she is arrogant and she doesn't put her, you know, whole being into the dancing. So she promises to concentrate and work mm. a bit harder. Yeah, and because yeah. they're lazy, which is kind of amazing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> More Mr. Krasinski. Yeah. But um, so she asks him if he'll give her extra classes before the pageant. And he says he will. Mm. Well, at the casa, after a very detailed description of Jess heating up some leftovers in the microwave. God, who cares? uh... (laughs) It's like, it was wrapped. She unwrapped it and walked over to the microwave and put it in (laughs) and pressed the button for two minutes. Hell yeah. (laughs) The family gathered to watch the interview. 
And Jessica, of course, thinks she looks terrific. <laughs> yeah, but she does realise that uh, it's Liz who comes off as the smart, savvy teen with a mission. Mm. So, yeah. This is true. So, um, Alice congratulates them both. And Liz smiles, but Liz is kind of a bit, looks a bit sad as well, because this is clearly really bothering her. Mm. And she asks where Jessica you know, was after school. Why was she home so late? And Jessica's just like, I was busy. And Liz keeps trying to make the peace, in fairness to her. Like, she's genuinely wants to, she literally says, can we compromise? Yeah. Um, and Jessica says, basically, the only compromise would be Liz stopping uh, forcing her views on others, which is how she sees the protest. And um, Liz says, look, I'm just, come on, give me a break. Like, I'm just expressing my views. And Jessica says, did you give me a break when you wrote that article, Liz? When you tried to make me look like a fool on TV? Mm-hmm. I mean, Liz did not make you look like a fool on TV, no, Jessica. She didn't need anyone's help for that. <laughs> <laughs> but also, they seem to have this particular kind of conversation a lot in this book. Like, there's so yeah. much Oh, so the pageant, and there's so much it was strained at home it was an awkward dinner and it's like oh my god another one it's constant like awkward meals and them not being able to compromise because you know nobody yeah. wants to budge on their position it's like oh my god we know yeah. like, you don't... for me there was too much of the build-up because it was just the same thing over and over again like yeah you absolutely didn't have to like um describe all these awkward meals mm. and like Liz going, can't we get along? And Jessica being like, no, no. <laughs> well, the next day after Jessica sort of brushes through cheerleading, um, she goes to the studio because she's that's not important to her anymore. She goes to the <laughs> studio she has, where she has a breakthrough. Um, yeah, she wait, does she have a breakthrough? Well, well yeah, she works harder than she ever had. That was it. <laughs> and instead of wanting to collapse with tiredness, which he had in the past, she finally is like, no, I'm breaking, you know, through the barrier of tiredness into new oh, heights. Yes, she finds a new strength that carries her on. That was it, yeah. <laughs> and um, she, Mr. Krasinski saw her on TV and he was impressed by Liz. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, Jessica's like, oh, I suppose you think I shouldn't enter. And he said, my duty is only to teach you how to dance. Um, and she's relieved Um, but yeah again he's another person who's like doesn't matter what I think which is clearly this is bullshit (laughs) this is some stupid shit but do you I guess (laughs) well at the dairy burger Lila is understandably getting bored with Jessica's new busy lifestyle (laughs) yeah she's like how long has it been since you've had a date anyway Jessica says there's time in, in her life where you have to focus on your dreams. And uh, Lila rolls her eyes, but we're told she didn't pursue the subject any further. As a general rule, she found other people's interests boring. <laughs> so good. Oh my God, she's amazing. <laughs> Do love her so much. Um, so she... Uh, she she's sitting there with with Lila as and then uh, Barry and Amy approach. And Jessica's worried because having a boyfriend has made Amy hotter. Oh, fucking hell, this again. <laughs> why? 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 Oh God, yeah. Um, and there isn't really they don't really even talk that much or anything. It's like it's literally just to mention that Amy looks so good now that she has a boyfriend. Like, there's nothing really happens yes. here at all it's just that they don't sit with them <laughs> yeah that's literally it yeah um so um yeah she's just uh she has a she has a glow 
And uh, we're told, Jessica thinks if that's what having a steady boyfriend did for a girl's complexion and attitude, Jessica thought grimly, maybe she should be thinking about hooking one herself before the day of the pageant. (laughs) (laughs) But then who should enter the Dairy Burger? Oh, in come Liz and Todd and a crowd of their friends. All laughing merrily. Mm. And uh, again, when Liz sees Jessica, she looks sad for a moment. And for a second, Jessica feels, we're told, a stab of loneliness, which basically she feels she can't join Liz because she thinks, because she thinks that Liz is just as sneaky and weird as her, that Liz might use Jessica's vulnerability against her. Oh, God, I know. It's like not everyone is a psychopath like you are. <laughs> Well, Liz actually comes over and tries to be nice, but Jessica is all sarky. So Liz snaps back and Lila is loving this friction between the twins. Oh my God, she's so funny. Yeah, she's like, Lila was clearly pleased that the twins were on the outs. Let's pull in our claws, Liz, she said. No sense in making this a public spectacle. Liz is like, like, you stay out of this. And she gets really mad and kind of like stalks off uh, with her friends following. But uh, Lila giggles cattily. Who would have thought Miss Super Cool Elizabeth Wakefield would lose her temper like that? But then Jess has also had enough of her and she's like, oh, Shut up, Lila. <laughs> it's like, oh, whatever. Lila's the best. You guys just don't appreciate her. <laughs> I mean, that is true. They absolutely do not. Yeah. Um, so uh, Liz or Jessica gets home to find Fraser in the house again. <laughs> fucking guy. There's no getting rid of him. And he's not alone. So, yeah, it's him, Steve, Cara. And then a girl uh, is with Fraser. She's some tall, slender brunette with glistening hair that tumbles down her suntanned back. She's perfect coral fingernails. And again, like oh. the colours of people's like nail polish and fingernails was a real recurring thing in this. It was weird. Wasn't it? And yeah. Definitely a new writer because I was just like, oh, yeah. what is with all this nail polish talk? Lads? Um, but yeah, it turns out that she's Cara's cousin, Barbara, who's a junior but goes to a high school in another town. And Jessica has somehow never heard of her, which I find... <laughs> Very unlikely, seeing as mm. this is her friends, one of her best friends' cousins, cousins. who is the same like, age like cousin, and lives ex- locally. Exactly, yes, a cousin the same age. Like you would definitely have met her by now, surely. Yeah. Um. Well, obviously she's. St- this doesn't go anywhere, by the way. Just in case you're thinking about mm. it, that, it will, listeners. Um. Jessica's enraged, and she has a little tantrum in her room. She has a few little <laughs> tantrums in her room, which I like. She's- Throwing stuff around the place. Kicking stuff around the place. Yeah, there she bars in bits, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Even more than usual. <laughs> well, we're told she tried to put her brother's friend out of her mind, but all she could think about was his dark suntan, muscular build, and sun bleached hair. <laughs> um, so, yet again, we have another repeated repeat of the Liz Jessica conflict. Liz comes in trying to make peace again. Um, and she makes the decent point that Jessica's already like Queen B with her cheerleading and Pi B to Alpha and says, what could you possibly have to gain by being chosen Miss Teen Sweet Valley? And then Jessica's response is ridiculous. Oh, God. Yeah, she she thought first about mentioning the prizes, kind of catches herself. And then she's like, all she needed was for Elizabeth to get interested and decide to enter too. It's like, what could you possibly what? lead what? you to think that this is what would <laughs> <laughs> for fuck's what sake. absolute madness she is deranged uh yeah and she's like yeah because she's like that would be like having to compete with herself and jessica didn't need that kind of challenge <laughs> so she's like i guess I, I guess i just want to prove a point like, good sweet uh, jesus <laughs> she's just 
She's a mad bitch. Oh, she really is. <laughs> like, yes, that Liz is suddenly going to enter to when she hears she could win simple splendor clothes. <laughs> Shopping spree. <laughs> And a stereo, yeah. <laughs> allegedly. So, um, oh. um, so instead, uh, she, yeah, she says that it could get her all these scholarships and modeling jobs. And says this is America, <laughs> so she's the freedom to make her own decisions, but not to buy a kettle. <laughs> <laughs> no kettle in the Spanish style kitchen, that's for sure. Oh. Um, so Liz says she doesn't want to be self righteous. Um, <laughs> don't you know? But in fairness, she does genuinely think the contests are harmful. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, basically, Jessica isn't isn't interested in hearing her arguments. And uh, though she claims that she listened to them, but that Liz just doesn't get how much this means to her. And Liz just gives up. And Jessica doesn't feel triumphant. She just feels a bit sad. Yeah, she realizes that she just wants to cry. Uh, and it's because being on the outs with Liz this much. But yeah, apparently when that happens, it always made her feel as though a part of her was missing. Oh. So I suppose it is going on longer than usual kind of spats that they might have yeah. had. Would. So it's gone on for weeks at this mm. stage. Like, Well, the next day, Liz and Enid are hanging out, fl- handing out flyers at the mall. And Jess- Liz keeps thinking about Jessica co- saying that, you know, she was trying to censor people's freedom of expression. Mm. Um. And even Enid is starting to lose, you know, her enthusiasm. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, because Enid is kind of like, do you think this is doing any good? And she's a bit uncertain kind of as they're passing out flyers. Mm. Um, and Liz's confidence is wavering slightly too. And she's like, yeah, again, because she keeps thinking about or hearing Jess kind of calling her a censor. Um, but yeah, Enid's like, I don't know, the last four people have stopped have looked at me as if they thought I was a member of some weird religion. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's also um, they, uh, they 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 realize that um, the people are you know they're not really making any headway. They haven't got any further, and they bump into Amy, who is a bit snooty about uh, Jessica because she's clearly um, she's she wants to sort of get a rise out of Liz by mm. showing that she's just bought a dress for the pageant in simple splendor. And Liz actually doesn't, um, doesn't argue with her. Like Amy's sort of quite defensive and uh, thinks that, you know, clearly expecting a fight, but Liz and Enid aren't rising to her base. And, um, Enid jokes, well, you know, you got to admit whatever your opinion of beauty pageants might be, it takes a raw courage to compete against Jessica Wakefield. <laughs> very true like Jessica Wakefield will take again you for absolutely no good reason so if you're actually handing her a reason that bitch will ruin your life oh yeah I mean, <laughs> watch out Amy <laughs> and uh, Edith asks if she if Liz thinks Jessica will win assuming we fail in our mission to save modern womanhood from the jaws of sexism I mean <laughs> and Liz laughs and she but she she says of course we will but she's trying to convince herself yeah, that's the thing, because at this stage, the pageant is next Saturday. So we're obviously only days mm. away at this point. Um, mm. And Enid's like, there's posters all over town and I've seen public service announcements on TV. And Liz is like, since when does encouraging a bunch of women to walk around the stage half naked constitute a public service? Uh, mm. So Enid's kind of trying to joke and she's like, oh, I guess, you know, a lot of guys at Sweet Valley High think this is the greatest idea the Chamber of Commerce have ever had. Um, and they're kind of like jokey and stuff. But uh, yeah, Enid is kind of running out of steam a little bit. Uh, yeah, and she does, is. does yeah. admit as much to her and says, look, I actually don't think I feel quite as strongly as you do about this. Um, and she's like, look, if we can't get it called off, like it's not going to be the end of civilization as we know it. Yeah. Um, she's like, somebody, most likely Jessica, will get a crown and bring yeah. it home, bring home a few prizes and that'll be the end of it. Yeah. So, yeah. And 
said, you know, this isn't like the destruction of the Brazilian rainforests. Um, <laughs> but uh, said the winner won't be appearing on national TV or cha- and shaping the future of American life. She's just going to ride in a few parades and cut ribbons at bowling alleys and used car lots. I, I mean, that's a very realistic look at it. Yes. <laughs> so Liz gets home and she doesn't even bother trying to talk to Jess at this stage. Thank God. So we don't have to read the same conversation again. <laughs> no, like the fourth one. And when Alice asks, tough day in the trenches, Liz says, we're not only losing the battle, we're losing the war. Oh, my God. Wow. No one seems to care. <laughs> so the next day, Mr. Krasinski gives Jess a hard time again. But the thought of the fancy car she's going to buy <laughs> keeps her going. When Alice collects her, um, she's bought Chinese food. Yeah, again, I guess we're just pretending like Ned is on board with mm. Chinese food now or whatever ghostwriter originally planted that idea. I just forgot to put it in the Bible that they use for these books. <laughs> I don't know, but apparently it's not an issue anymore because the Wakefields get Chinese takeaway now. <laughs> yes, and it's because everybody's working late that day. So they're going to have, you know, they're not want to plan to cook dinner and uh, including Liz. And Jessica thinks she must be working against the pageant. And it's a reminder that she wants the title because Liz is so good and focused we are told hmm, a serious limelight shortage was developing in the Wakefield family <laughs> and Jessica wanted, needed her share. Fuck's sake, this bitch is never out of the limelight. She was literally like always the one picked for everything. And I know, yeah, she wasn't actually her on telly that time, but she was chosen to be the fucking Eric Parker interviewee person for all that nonsense. So like. Not a book has gone by where Jess has not been the centre of attention, basically. Yes, exactly. Well, when they get back to the Castell Wakefield and sit down for dinner, Liz has an announcement. Oh, uh, yeah. So she says that in spite of, you know, the protests and petitions, we haven't been able to gather enough support to stop the pageant. So apparently she spent a few hours going through the rules concerning events held in the Sweet Valley High Auditorium. Uh, announces that she's found a way to stop the beauty pageant once and for all. Um, so Jess is like, what the fuck is this? Um, and it turns out that no outside organisation can hold a money-raising event without written mm. consent from the school superintendent. And he's been away on a special trip to the Soviet Union <laughs> meeting with Soviet educators. Enjoy it while you can, lads, because this is 1991. It's not going to be there for much longer. <laughs> Jet's coming tumbling As down. A unless he's, like unless he's on some kind of secret fucking mission and he's actually a double agent or a spy or there's some Cold War shenanigans going on. Yeah. I do not know what's happening, but that was a weird choice. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So this means that uh, they they don't have official approval, um, and Jessica is outraged. Oh, she is fuming that, yeah, Liz is going to ruin everything. So, yeah, she's uh, so annoyed because here here she is working harder than she's ever worked in her life to accomplish something she can really be proud of, something people will notice me for. Um, and my own sister has to ruin everything. So, yeah, she is extremely unimpressed. Yes, and she runs off and swings, ang- sp- swims angry lengths in the pool. Yeah, this is another weird thing. It's like they <laughs> swim out the frustration. It's like, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, um, Liz comes out to join her and asks what she meant about working so hard. And Jessica tells all about her dance classes and says, did you think I was going to just show up on pageant night, smile pretty and hope for the best? And I mean, that's, that is what she was going to do until she saw that there was actual talented people going up against her. Like, Good point. 
Yeah, so like, yes, Jessica, actually. <laughs> and she insists they have to show talent and says, Amy Sutton is going to twirl her baton. And Liz raises an eyebrow and says, now there is a terrifying threat. And actually, <laughs> Jessica smiles in spite of herself. And I do quite like that moment. Yeah, the kind of ice does break for just a second where they're yeah. kind of like, well, at least we can still make fun of Amy together. <laughs> exactly. But then Liz asks again, like, why is it so important to you? And... Uh, just like I just want to win and Liz makes a really good point and says but you're always winning yeah that was such I was kind of surprised by like how accurate um, that line was or it just seemed so very much encapsulates Jessica's vibe and like someone needed to point out to her that yes like you you always win all things like what else do you want exactly so uh Jeff but Jessica doesn't take it in good uh, spirit she goes so mm. you figured it was time to stop me right <laughs> and, uh, she dives and swims off underneath the water no, just furiously bottom of the lengths. pool swimming <laughs> and when she surfaces Liz is gone so poor Jet Liz is heartbroken because she really is torn like she knows Jessica's work hard but she can't change her view she, she thinks that like men don't do these contests so it's just kind of gross that women are expected to um and uh especially as you know this isn't for all its faults the rose of tralee where you know <laughs> it is all about talent and um and it really is in fairness to the roses like i didn't even it, grow up watching the rose of tralee so i have no emotional attachment to it and think it is ridiculous but like i know somebody who entered and talked about repeal on stage oh absolutely yeah no it is um, like in fairness to to the roses it is very much personality based yeah. like for sure you have to be like yeah impressive in your own right and a bit of crack as well like definitely yeah well they're all like scientists and things <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. um but this is teenage girls in high heels and swimsuits it's just and that is just gross the fact that there's entrants that are literally 15 years old and there's a swimsuit yeah. round is gross, yeah. It is. So um, the uh, the next day, uh, she, Liz talks to Ned and he's like, look, neither of you is wrong. You have the right to protest, but she has the right to participate. And I'm sure you'll work it all through. So. <laughs> That's all okay. they keep saying. It's like, you guys will work it all through, even though you still haven't managed to and it's been fucking weeks of this shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And at school, Liz arranges, she goes into Chrome Dome's office and makes an appointment to see him at lunch to reveal her discovery. But she feels weird about it all day. Yeah, I think she keeps thinking about how Jessica has actually been working hard for this mm. and thinks it wasn't like Jessica to put herself out for anything, uh, which is true. But she's like, yeah, so it must mean that she, this this title is something that she really wants. But yeah. like, she always really wants every title that's going as well, to be fair. Ugh, true. Like she really wanted to be on Eric Parker's talk show. And she really <laughs> yeah. wanted all these various other, like to be in that fashion show. There's always something she really wants. It's true. And she usually gets it, unfortunately. Mm. Well, um, yeah, so she's she's waiting. She's spending the day waiting to hear, waiting for sort of the, you know, the sword of Damocles to drop because she's convinced that Liz is essentially cancelling the pageant at any yes. moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at lunchtime, uh, Liz goes to Chrome Dome and is like, look, you made your views clear. And says she wants to talk about the pageant. And he's like, but you made your views clear. But Sweet Valley have a policy to, of lending the auditorium to any worthy community cause. And Liz is about to tell him about the clause in the you know regulations, but then she flunks it, and she says, "I suppose you wanted to go along on that trip to the Soviet Union." And he's like, "Oh yes, I hope I can go next year." 
Won't be happening, Chrome Dome. <laughs> Should have taken the chance while he had it. <laughs> but um, yeah, poor, poor Chrome Dome's just trying to eat his fucking sandwich here. Yeah. He's just got Liz, like, dicking around in his office, bothering him on his lunch hour. But True. Um, yeah, so she's like, oh, so much for stall tactic. And it's like, what are you stalling for? But she's kind of, she just can't bring herself to do it, uh, to shoot down Jessica's chances. That's something she seemed to want so much. And again, like she always wants everything and always gets it. So like, yes. She'd get over it, but anyway, she, she, just really can't, uh, she just can't bring herself to pull the trigger on it and just loses her nerve and just kind of makes up something about the Oracle budget and how they're low on funds and she wants to hold a cake sale. So Cooper's kind of like, I thought this was about the beauty pageant. And she's like, um, oh, you know, only in the sense that the bake sale is kind of a community effort too. Uh, and he's like, not convinced, but also clearly just wants to get back to his fucking sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, um, sure, look, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll leave you to it. So, so yeah. he's like, yeah, grand, have your bake sale. Oh my God, leave me alone. That is pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, she's um, uh, she she decides that she couldn't bring herself to to destroy Jessica's dream, and she tells Enid this, uh, but insists that she won't go to the pageant. She's going to go mm. to the movies with Todd instead, yeah. and she and she can't bring herself to tell Jessica what she's just done. <laughs> oh, Jessica doesn't find out for the rest of the week. You think she might have asked her? She's really left hanging. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, because she's um. Yeah, she just feels like she's already stretched her principles to the limit and let down all her friends and everyone who, I guess, had jumped on board with her campaign. So uh, she just kind of feels like, yeah, she just doesn't even want to to be the one to tell Jess and that you know, mm. she'll hear it from somebody else. Yeah. So, yeah, she's just not going to not going to get involved. But actually, before we forget to do something, should oh, yes. we uh, take a tiny break and uh, tell some people about new podcasts? <laughs> we should, because as you know, we are part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. And every week we like to highlight a another podcast in the Headstuff stable. And this week it's Podaroonie. That's right. So it's uh, comedian and actor Joe Rooney uh, chats to actors, musicians, filmmakers, comedians, and also just people who have really interesting stories to tell. And you can check out the kind of thing it is right now. Hello, Joe Rooney here. Back in 2015, I recorded my first Potter Rooney. And since then, I've been chatting to people that I meet throughout my travels here and there all over the world including Sean Locke, Mary Coughlin, Frank Kelly, Joanne McAnally, Owen Colgan, Shazia Mertza, Aidan Gillen and Kocha Reardon, but loads of people you'd never heard of who have very interesting tales to tell, including the sadly no longer with us Boston-based comedian Barry Crimmins, who led a crusade against images of child abuse on the internet, Tracy Carroll, whose daughter Willow has the highest grade of cerebral palsy, Drogheda Homeless Aid, Christine Volset, a Norwegian singer-documentary maker who... Ended up hanging out with the young lads in inner city Dublin and riding bareback on a horse through the city streets. All these very interesting tales to tell and all you have to do is skip the first six minutes of me talking rubbish. That's Potteroni. And now, back to Sweet Valley. Where the twins are avoiding each other all week. Which must be <laughs> deeply awkward, but thank God we don't get a description so of every awkward hard. dinner. I know, God, there's so many. And uh, this is kind of annoying because Liz is exhausted and we're told the best thing is just live and let live. She can't believe she didn't understand this before, which kind of implies don't really bother protesting something you think is actively wrong. <laughs> like live and let live is good in some circumstances, but in this True. it's kind of like anything for a quiet life. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It's like, oh, well, you know, you're, yeah, I don't know. It's like you, you didn't, you don't have to stick by your principles if it's too much hassle kind of. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe. Yeah. 
Well, on pageant day, she goes to the beach with Todd. We're told droplets of moisture glistened on his skin. So maybe it is one of the old vo- ghostwriters after all. Oh, maybe it is. They took a break and came back. <laughs> <laughs> with a new style, but they couldn't resist some of their old habits. Can never resist the droplets. <laughs> um... So he asks if she wants to go to the pageant. She's like, no, no, I can't. And um, later uh, at the casa, uh, Jess is posing in front of the mirror again (laughs) and tells Liz not to try talking her out of it. Because by this time tomorrow, she'll have her own car and more clothes than Lila Fowler. (laughs) Yeah, at this point, Liz is kind of like, what is she talking about? She actually Uh, says, what are you talking about? (laughs) Right, she's like, yeah, your own car, clothes. What are you talking about? But Jess just kind of waves her away. She's like, oh, the pageant prizes, of course. So Liz, uh, who had actually read the list of prizes, uh, was like, mm, there definitely wasn't a mention of a car. What is she talking about? But she doesn't want another fight with Jess, so no. she lets it go. Mm. And uh, yeah, Jessica is excited all day and she finally heads off to the pageant, uh, to which Stephen is apparently bringing Fraser. Where the fuck did he come from? He suddenly practically moved into the house. <laughs> He's an honorary Wakefield now. <laughs> well, she has another fantasy and imagines herself picking Fraser up at the dorm in her, in her shiny new silver convertible. She probably wouldn't be wearing her crown and sash when that particular dream came true, but it was okay in the fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> It'll have to do. Yeah. Well, the first round, to my surprise, is the evening gown. Oh, I thought that would be the last. Oh, yeah. Definitely, yeah. That's kind of like the... The headline bit. I think. Mm. So Jessica puts on her amazing dress, which uh, we will, you will be hearing about at the <laughs> end. And Amy compliments it. And Jess really sort of fakely compliments Amy's dress. But really, she's thinking how terrible it is. Oh, God. Yeah, she thinks that uh, it's the, the sequence on it. And she thinks it's enough to blind a person and uh, thinks that she's... The dress is too sophisticated for Amy mm. and that she looks like a little girl playing dress up. Oh, <laughs> Well, so mean. speaking of dressing up, <laughs> she asks what Amy's wearing for her talent round. Let's just say it is quite the outfit. Oh my God, it certainly is. And we will get to it. <laughs> Brace yourselves, listeners, all I can say. <laughs> Jessica is stunned by it anyway. And uh, she's worried her leotard is too plain. And so would I after seeing this. Fair, Yeah. <laughs> So meanwhile, Jet Liz has cracked, basically. Yeah, she Todd has arrived to pick her up to go to the cinema and she's oh. just like, I can't do it. I have to be there for her no matter how much I hate beauty pageants. And Todd is like not at all surprised. Todd is actually quite chill in this point. Yeah, He's just I like, like not, it. A, not a bit surprised. He's like, yeah, no problem. We can get a matinee tomorrow. He's like, come on, I'll drop you off. Uh but it's funny that he's like, yeah, I'll drop you off. I'm not fucking going to that bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I did like that. He's literally like, I'm going home to study. I will see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But he uh, gives her a spin anyway out. But like, he obviously just expected this to happen all day long. So when she cracks, he's just like, yeah, I knew this was coming. <laughs> yes. So uh, he, it, she's, they set off and because um, she, but she is kind of freaked out by her lack of principles. And she thinks, where would it all end? <laughs> I mean, Oh, you're going to find out. Uh, and when she arrives, she sees that Alice had saved her a place. No. Said she knew she, Alice says she knew Liz wouldn't be able to ignore something so important to Jessica. And Liz admits she's missed her twin. Oh. And, and then the school orchestra starts to play. As my notes say, what is this, the Oscars? <laughs> <laughs> what sort of a giant production is it? Full fucking orchestra. Oh my god! All in an evening dress, I hope. Uh, oh, no. like, 
in those little podium things as well. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> well, Mr. Cooper takes to the stage, as we mentioned earlier. Wildly so inappropriate. So inappropriate. Like, if the Chamber of Commerce are like, oh, I've organised this, why the fuck are the school doing all the work? It's really weird. Teacher! Ugh. And uh, he introduces the first annual Miss Teen Sweet Valley pageant and Liz mm. winces at the annual as well, she might. And the pageant begins and it's clear that there are three for- front runners. Yeah, the most obvious contenders apparently are, of course, Jessica, uh, mm. Sharon Jefferson and Maggie Simmons. So these are the it's a three horse race uh, from what Liz can tell anyway. Apparently, Amy looks very nice in her gown uh, and Elizabeth knew she was a pretty good uh, baton twirler, but there was something vital lacking, some strength or personality that the other three had in oh. abundance. Like, wow, fuck you, Amy Sutton, I guess. That <laughs> is harsh. So harsh. And... Uh, yeah, the questions begin and they are fucking... I, I, I cannot believe the headmaster is asking the kids these things. Yeah, would you not think he'd take a look at these questions and be like, lads, I'm not doing this. <laughs> find somebody else. Get Jeremy Franks in here. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. That actually would have made way more sense. <laughs> Can you tell us the first question we hear him ask, please? He, so asks he asks Amy Sutton. Yeah, he asks Amy, if you could be any room in the house, which one would you be? Uh, like, I what? don't understand. But like Amy, like smiles brightly because she's game, and she's like, "I guess I'd be the living room because that's where we keep our stereo and our big screen TV. It's the most fun room in the house." And like oh everyone claps God. politely. It's like these are such stupid fucking questions. Like the ones that they were taking the piss like earlier in the cafeteria when uh, Liz and Todd were asking each other stupid questions were actually more normal questions than what they end up being asked in it. Like, yes, this is actually true. <laughs> They, I mean, they, uh, some of them, when, when I was going back and doing my notes after reading it, so one of the questions that I remembered as being one of the Joe questions from the cafeteria mm. was actually a question that is asked. Yes, yes, I, I know the one you mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jessica's asked, if you were elected president of the United States, what's the first thing you would do after taking office? And oh my God, Jessica's answer is so generic pageant answer. That's true, but you know, it's a generic pageant answer for a reason because mm-hmm. <laughs> it true. gets results. And she, uh, like, lying through her teeth, says, oh uh, I would say that stricter laws were made to protect the environment and I'd make certain something was done to help the homeless. Apparently the applause is overwhelming and Liz claps too, even though she knew the first thing <laughs> President Jessica Wakefield would do would be to redecorate the White House. And it's like, yes, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, then it's talent time. Maggie is amazing acting out a Juliet um, uh, centric scene from Romeo and Mm. Juliet Sharon is a musical genius and then Jessica takes to the stage yeah um, she (laughs) apparently actually there was a funny bit where uh, Sharon is so good that Jessica for a terrible moment is afraid the audience are going to stand up and cheer for her but but they don't so she's like okay good so um, (laughs) yeah it's her turn and I think Mr Krasinski's there in the crowd as well um, but she, yeah, she's kind of nervous, wants everyone to be proud of her. So she dances gracefully across the stage and she's twirling and whirling through her steps. 
um, and doing wonderful. She was magnificent. She was elegance itself. But then, toward the end of her number, disaster struck. Jessica tripped and landed on her knees, staining her white tights with stage dust. <gasps> the whole audience gasps, just like you did there. Startled <laughs> <laughs> sympathy. Uh, and then went still in shared embarrassment. And it's like, oh, fuck. So on the verge of sobbing, her smile frozen on her face. She actually forces herself to finish the dance. But as soon as it's done, she like legs it out to the wings and she is out of here. <laughs> yes. she And she essentially runs away crying. The classic. Yes. So in the auditorium, Liz is horrified by the fall and she heads backstage to check on her twin, which finds Jessica's already changed into shorts and t-shirts and is ready to leave the building. Yeah, she's just, she's really like furiously crying and just really annoyed at herself. And as soon as she sees Liz, she's like, I'm in no mood to watch you gloat. And what are you doing here anyway? I thought you weren't coming. Um, But yeah, she's really upset and she's just going to bail out on the whole thing now at this stage. Yeah. Um, and Liz uh, yeah she's it's the fact she says she'll have to leave town and change her name is <laughs> over dramatic <laughs> but Liz says that Jessica still has a chance and says the infamous swimsuit competition is next why don't you wash your face put on that knockout suit you swiped for me go, go out there and show pe- these people just how good a California girl can look oh god <laughs> Jess is all, you hate swimsuit rounds. And Liz says, yes, "Yes, but I care about you. (laughs) Jessica's like, well, fine, but I'm not doing it. And she runs off. Yeah. Oh, she's just, she's out of here. She's so humiliated that there's just no way she's going back out there again. Mm. Um, So, but Liz is like, you know, she she knew when she was making a big mistake and like Liz knows she'd be wasting her time trying to persuade Jessica to get out there and and finish what she started. So, yeah. yeah, she she then realizes that uh, Jessica's left a big dance bag behind, which contains everything she needed for the pageant, except for her big uh, her big dress. But yep. uh, yeah, inspiration struck her, and so did sheer panic because, of course, oh, we have a solution oh to the God. runaway twin <laughs> that's been done before and will doubtless be done again. Oh God! So um, yes, she thinks uh, I cannot be thinking this, but of course. She changes into the turquoise swimsuit. She she sure does. And uh, luckily, thanks to her day at the beach with Todd, her skin is tanned to a golden tone. So she manages to, to make her hair look like Jessica's and uh, make some subtle changes to her makeup and reckons that, yeah, she, uh, all she, yeah, all Elizabeth really knew was that she couldn't let her twin remember this night as a humiliating defeat. So for the mm. next 15 minutes, she said to her reflection, I'm Jessica Wakefield. Where are those high heels? <laughs> What a fate worse than death. Good God. (laughs) So she hurries out in Jessica mode and Amy is delighted at what she sees as Jessica's failure. And she makes a crack about, you know, oh, you can help me pick out my, pick out outfits on my shopping spree. (laughs) Then, which I love, Jessica, or Liz spots Jessica peeking around the edge of an old prop. (laughs) She was obviously (laughs) hiding behind like a wooden cut out tree or something. exactly what I'm picturing too just a flat cardboardy looking tree and just like beep <laughs> and then Sharon appears uh, with Maggie and they congratulate Jessica and are really nice and we get a very patronising description of Sharon oh god um, yeah where is this bit oh yeah she's she kind of talks about how or no Maggie's kind of like oh you know I made a few um, a few mistakes as well but oh god yeah sorry the Sharon bit mm. um she 
her hearing aid was all but hidden beneath her attractive hairstyle. And like Amy, she looked terrific in her suit. Her voice was slightly garbled because of her handicap, but her manner was warm and pleasant. Oh, surprise, surprise. Fucking hell, like, Jesus. <laughs> so, um, yes, they're, they're both very nice. And Liz feels guilty about uh, judging the contestants harshly and tell, says, I wish everyone could win. Yeah, <laughs> which is also very pageanty, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but when she's on the runway, she wishes she was on another planet. Oh, God. Yeah, it just sounds so embarrassing because like the audience, ooh and ah and clap and it's like, oh, God. <laughs> Liz hates it. And so do I. Yeah, same. It's like she's 16. This is gross. I know. And also it's a, and she's being, she is humiliated. She says here she was doing the very thing she'd made such a point of putting down, strutting half naked down a runway for the entertainment of strangers. <laughs> it also almost feels as well like she's being sort of punished for for like daring to think this was gross. It's like, well, now you have to do it. Yeah, that's something true, kind actually. of horrible about that, I think. Mm, that's fair, yeah. Well, now you've you know you've been brought down to earth. Um, so when she gets backstage, Jessica, of course, has had a new lease of life and she's in her fancy frock because yeah, this is why you'd think they'd save the fancy frocks for the end. Because they're now they're back into them for their final you know, the announcement of the finalists. Mm, whereas, you'd, yeah, you'd expect that to come out as like their showstopper look kind of. Exactly. The, the third look, yeah. So Mr. Cooper announces the finalists and who could they be? Mm-hmm. Well, very predictably and kind mm. of boringly because uh, yeah. you kind of want a wild card to be thrown in there. Yes. But um, yeah, it's announced that the three finalists are uh, Sharon, Maggie and of course, Jessica. Oh, yes. Be still, be, calm yourselves, listeners. Be still <laughs> my beating heart. It is, uh, there's no drama or excitement in any of this. And mm-hmm. it gets worse because Mr. Cooper asks the most preposterous questions of his students. <laughs> Very true. Like, God, is he not embarrassed? Oh, you think he, sh- he should be? <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, the first one is the worst. The first one is the one that I thought would be um, the I, when my memory was one of the ones that was asked at the joke session. Mm, yeah, because there was definitely. Yeah, the first question is, if you were in charge of the frog jumping contest at the state fair and one of your duties was to kiss the winner, what would you do? And there was definitely something about judging a, a frog jumping competition or something in the piss takey questions they were doing earlier. So, like, mm. yeah, this was very strange. Yes. And um, yes. Uh, oh my God. Maggie's answer. Maggie draws. Why, I'd kiss him, of course, and hope he'd turn into a handsome prince. <laughs> oh, very charming. <laughs> Sharon's next. And her question, oh, they're so inappropriate. <laughs> I know, because they're like, these are young girls. And it's like, oh, God, it's so weird. Um, yeah, he's like, what would you do if you'd just become engaged to a young man and you went to have your engagement ring sized and oh, found out the diamond was a fake? <laughs> oh, God. And uh, Sharon considered the query without giving any indication that she thought it was silly. I guess I'd call off the engagement, not because the diamond wasn't real, but because my fiancé felt he couldn't be honest with me. That means something was very wrong with our relationship. 16-year-olds should be talking about fucking fiancés with mm, their principles. Strange. It's weird, yeah. And of course, Jessica gets a big cheesy heartwarming question, allegedly. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's funny because like the questions that Jessica gets are completely like out of step with 
the questions other people are asked. True. Um, like her president question, like was was a kind of, you know, one that would give an earnest answer, whereas everybody else was asked stupid shit. Like what fucking room would you be in a house? Um, <laughs> but yeah, again, Jessica's question after those two ridiculous ones is name the person who has had the greatest impact on your life other than either of your parents. So like, of course, it's Elizabeth. <sighs> um, she's like, oh, yes, it would have to be my sister. We're identical twins. And whenever I really needed somebody, Liz has always been there for me. Um, and like the audience have such a warm response. And for a second, I was like, don't you fuckers give her a, like a standing ovation or some bullshit now, because that's what I expected would happen. <laughs> but wow. uh, they do applaud plenty anyway. So oh, she's, um, it's still so excited. It's still quite sickening because oh, completely. Um, there's like a split second between her giving the answer and uh, then seeing uh, smiles break over the audience's faces, saw them begin to clap. Or sorry, her family's faces. So she saw them begin to clap. The audience joined in a second later with more applause. Everything seemed to be happening in slow motion, as in some wonderful, exciting movie. A terrible movie. (laughs) So, of course, Jessica wins. I mean, I really, I really didn't want her to win. <laughs> no. And she admits that she wouldn't be as gracious as the others are being as they congratulate her. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> but then, when all the sort of fuss and the photos die down, Jessica starts having a very uncomfortable thought and a surprising amount of self-awareness. Yeah, again, was not, I actually didn't see this coming. Um, mm. But yeah, she suddenly remembers Maggie and Sharon's perfect performances and the fact that she literally fell on her face in the middle of her dance number. So she thinks when it came right down to it, Maggie and Sharon uh, hadn't looked all that bad in their swimsuits either. Jesus. Uh, and uh. they've answered the questions uh, that have been put to them with intelligence, poise and wit. So she kind of realizes that, God, you know, maybe I've actually just won this pageant just because I'm the prettiest of the three. If that were true, <laughs> Jessica reflected, it would take a lot of the fun out of winning. And now I'm sorry. What yeah. the fuck did you think this was about? Like, I mean, it is, there is a fucking swimsuit round. Of course, it's about how hot you are. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and also like she'd care. I know. Yeah. The fact that she'd give this like a moment's thought. She's got her crown. Like that's all she ever wants is attention and a crown. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, um, yeah, it would take a lot of fun out of winning. I mean, really. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're told much as she loved being the centre of attention, she certainly didn't want to be valued only for her looks. Like, Bullshit. Absolutely not. Yeah, she loves being valued only for her looks. She fucking loves that shit. That's just some nonsense. And they can't fool us. We are, we are <laughs> 76 books and yeah. then some into this series. And that is exactly her buzz. Don't try and tell us otherwise. It's true. <laughs> Well, um, her family arrive and Liz jokes, oh, Princess Jessica has her crown, but Jessica's also disappointed in the crown. Yeah, apparently it's more of a tiara than a crown. Nothing like the stunning creations beauty queens were awarded on television. And it's like, mm. yeah, it's a local fucking pageant. Like, what are you expecting here? Exactly. And Fraser looks bored as well he might. Uh, <laughs> Jessica's devastation. She did it all for him, which is which, what a great role model she is. Oh gosh, yeah. Like, oh, I did it for my dreams, my hopes. I did it so some guy would like me. <laughs> this should have got this stupid contest cancelled. So, uh, Mr. Krasinski congratulates her, though that's pretty much the last she'll see of him, apart from one farewell. Mm. And Ned invites everyone for pizza, but Stephen and Fraser can't go because they have dates. <laughs> yeah, Jessica's disgusted. She's like, this is crazy. She had a crown on her head and a sash that said Miss Teen Sweet Valley, and she still felt like a loser. <laughs> well, she cheers up when they arrive at Guido's. 
<laughs> God. Yeah, her crown and sash and the wonderful dress uh, caused quite a stir. The attention she got went a long way towards making her feel better. <laughs> she just, <laughs> seriously, she just, attention is just all she wants constantly. Okay. Never this dress is borrowed, however, is the other thing. And she's now going to sit down and eat a little oh, pizza in a borrowed good. dress. Get out of here. Point. <laughs> Maybe they'll give her like a big plastic bib. <laughs> yeah, surely. <laughs> Well, Alice looks at the pageant brochure and says the prizes look great. And uh, Jessica's thinking of her silver car and her wardrobe. But then Alice reads out the list and it is, there's no silver car cash there. Sure isn't. Uh, Or a brass bed for that matter. So yeah, Alice reads out, there's a haircut at the new styling salon at the mall, a month's free bowling at Al's Alley, (laughs) a a set of encyclopedias, a $25 gift certificate from Things for Girls. Things for Uh, Girls! What? (laughs) I mean, look, you know, it's a shop name. (laughs) The girl store. It's a very Um, sweet valley shop name. It really is. 10 free movie rentals at Quick Dash uh, and a cash prize of $100. <laughs> oh, it is not what Jessica was expecting. Mm-mm, no simple splendor shopping spree here anyway, that's for no. sure. No, Jessica is stunned and horrified. <laughs> and she realizes that all she had got from entering the pageant was the realization that her sister had been right about beauty pageants, ignoring the whole woman, a total lack of interest from the guy she hoped to impress, and a bunch of second-rate dusty merchandise. Things oh. for girls must be some bullshit shop. <laughs> it's no sense. It sure isn't. Well, when she finally gets home, she has another hilarious tantrum. Oh god, yeah, she's like this... stomping around in a circle and just like throwing pillows around the place. She's so funny. Imagine just stomping around in her little crown and her sash and her dress. In Human. a circle, just going round. <laughs> well, Liz comes in saying, "Does she want to drown her sorrows?" But it's just with some diet soda. And Jessica says, uh, look, Mitch, she believed all the rumours about the prizes, which didn't bother her to check. But Liz comforts her by saying she'll be a local celebrity, which does cheer her up. It does, yeah. She's like, oh, you really think so? And she's like, yeah, like you'll probably be invited to appear on TV again. So she's like, oh, I might still be discovered by a Hollywood director or a modelling agent. Uh, and she reckons that even if, if uh, she hadn't made a hit with Frasier, there had to be a lot of other college guys who'd be thrilled to date a beauty queen. Yes. So it's like, maybe it's not such a loss after all. Yeah. And she admits that what she really wanted was to date with Frasier. And Liz mm. is like, when the time is right, which will be in several years, college mm. guys will be beating down the front door. Jessica quipped, they'll probably be looking for you. Mm. And then she throws a pillow at her in mock fury and we're told it was business as usual with the Wakefield twins. Yay. Uh, I guess. (laughs) Well, the next day, Jessica is discussing her repayment plan with Alice and admits she learned a lesson um, about, you know, rumour and reality. And that she's about to get uh, to return the dress to the mall. But who should arrive? Oh, uh, well, it's Frasier uh, pulls into the driveway as she's about to head out. And she's like, oh, Stephen isn't home. But uh, he smiles that blinding white fire smile of his. <laughs> I know, he said. Actually, I stopped by because I wanted to see you. Um, and Jess is kind of like frozen. She's like, wait, what? You did? Uh, and oh, I hated this as well. He's uh, like, oh, the, the, the truth is, I've been wanting to ask you out for a long time, he said, but I held back because you're my buddy's sister and everything. But then Jess is like, if he calls me Elizabeth, I'm going to jump off the <laughs> I do like this. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. So he's like, um, you know, maybe we could take in a movie next Friday. 
and Jess uh, again trying to suss him out to make sure that he knows who he's talking to she's like oh I don't know I mean if you're just doing this because I miss Teen Sweet Valley and she mm. kind of waits to see his reaction and he's like no no I've really wanted to ask you out for a long time it just took me a while to work up the courage so she's like oh amazing I'll see you next <sighs> Friday and he heads off and everyone's delighted but it's like seriously could there just not be one person in the entire universe that just doesn't give a shit about Jessica Wakefield and didn't fancy her like no, oh, no, she, had, no. she had to get everything she wanted of course <laughs> of course she does well uh, yeah so that's that another triumph um, she's going to go out with him for her movie and um, then she heads to say goodbye to, to give the dress back and say goodbye to Mr. Krasinski and tell him she has to stop lessons because I don't have time between cheerleading practice and my new responsibilities <laughs> as Miss Teen Sweet Valley like the to fucking crown <laughs> there are used car dealerships to to turn up at and oh. ribbons to cut and all that kind of thing well Mr. Krasinski says it's a pity that she's giving up the dance <laughs> uh, and tells some stupid story about he once fell on his face in front of the queen and um, the best part was that he danced in front of her not the fact that he fell I mean she's attended plenty of world variety performances it's like the likes of you know Cannon and Ball have probably performed in front of the queen it's not that that should be your greatest triumph Mr. K I'm sure you've done better things than you know dance in front of one of the Windsors <laughs> but uh, apparently the Queen Her Royal Highness he says lick arse um, <laughs> shook her his hand and told me I was made with the very finest stuff because I did not quit in the face of defeat okay cool <laughs> and he says that he hopes Jessica didn't also quit in defeat and that she hoped from him or she learned from him that you must always finish the dance. <laughs> Jessica's too moved to speak and runs away, hoping she knew or he knew that she had gone there to thank him. I mean, there's one way you could be sure he knew you'd gone there to thank him. That would have been to say thanks. Thank you. That was literally all you had to do yeah. there. <laughs> no. That's it for Jessica from that book and good riddance. Jesus. <laughs> Miss Teen Sweet Valley, out. <laughs> <laughs> well, on Sunday night, Liz is asking Enid for help with the bake sale because now she's got to go through it. Oh, and God, yeah. um, she does, wouldn't blame Enid if she didn't want to get involved because she feels that all their work uh, was for nothing. But then she mm. thinks, and I have to like that they put this in because this is literally the end of one of my books about uh, suffragettes. Um, says, maybe, it, maybe then again, maybe it hadn't been for nothing. Maybe they had gotten a few people thinking about the beauty pageant mentality. That's worth something. Oh, that is literally <laughs> the ending of one of my books because oh. it's, in, it's in 1912. You can't have a happy ending with women getting the vote because they're not going to get it for another six it, years. Well, so. Very true. You to you to work with what what was real at the time, I guess. Yes. <laughs> so they arrange to go into school early the next day and have a planning meeting about this bake sale. And when Liz goes in the next morning, who should catch her eye? Oh, well, it's time to set up the next book. So she she's got <laughs> Tony Esteban uh, running around on the track at school. <laughs> Oh, God, I, I've just had a flashback to this book and I do remember it is so boring. <laughs> like, well, we also thought that about Ronnie's gambling book and then an old tiny oh, gangster turned up and it was the best day ever. So, you know, that you never know. True. <laughs> you won't write it off just yet. <laughs> and they do have, um, I mean, I do remember it's about steroids. Yeah. So, um, yes, they. Uh, she thinks that Tony is like... We're, apparently he's a future Olympian and mm. Todd turns up and there's more painful banter about her oh I see you're trying to flirt with another guy uh, and then he says that Tony's the best runner at Sweet Valley High and has what it takes to be a pro and that's the end of the book can you read us out please 
That's it. Will Tony Esteban allow anything to stand in the way of his dream? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 77, Cheating to Win. Oh. Um, well, that was Miss Teen Sweet Valley. It was, was. It, it was an unconventionally written book with a lot of detail about, you know, domestic chores. But oh, so much extraneous detail, Jesus. But it was still very good fun. It was, you know, it actually was, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> we always enjoy a twin against twin moment. So that's oh my fun. God. Sister versus sister, indeed. <laughs> You've got to love it. <laughs> well, after all of that, I hope and I know you have some stats <laughs> and outfits for us. Indeed, and I do. Uh, okay, so the Wakefield blondness got three mentions. Mm. Um, I'm actually the... very surprised. I thought there'd be more. Yeah, so did I. Well, the blue-green eyes got four, so that was better than, than it's been recently. Um, their mm. thick lashes were mentioned twice, which... Uh, Unusual. ...was a new one. Yeah. <laughs> and people blush ten times. Oh. <gasps> Not wow, even for Sweet Valley, that is actually really unusual. It is quite a lot. Uh, <laughs> but yes, but the outfits, forget all that. It's the outfits, really, that we're here for. Uh, so Jessica, in her dance number, she bought herself a white leotard and tights uh, to emphasize her suntan. So that is her dancing around the place. Um, je- oh, yeah, in the Dairy Burger, during one of their many kind of conversations that go nowhere uh liz turns up in a neon pink windbreaker which i kind of love the sound of to be honest mm, yes <laughs> um then for the pageant itself amy uh her gown is a spectacular full skirted creation covered in black sequins Ooh. So, but apparently it's sophisticated for her although it does sound nice to it be does um her her um, talent portion outfit where she's twirling a little baton around on oh the stage. Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah, it is a cute blue satin outfit that looked like a truncated tuxedo. <laughs> the lapels glistened with matching sparkles and oh so did the band around the coordinating top hat. <laughs> the top hat. <laughs> I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy. Yankee Doodle Doodle. Stunning. I can just see her spinning around, twirling her baton in the air. Oh, just. Oh, my God. Love it. Um, when Liz has to um, jump out and be Jess for a bit, she wears uh, white satin heels with the turquoise <laughs> swimsuit, which is Classy. quite the Murphette vibe. And uh, yeah, and then Jessica's dress. It's all about Jessica's dress, really. Um, her amazing one from uh, from Simple Splendor mm. that, uh, that she appears to be wearing on the cover as well, uh, because oh, yeah, it does. is. It's a pale pink creation with a full <gasps> chiffon skirt. Ooh. Tiny pearls stitched to the simple fitted bodice gave it a look that made Jessica think of knights in shining armour going <gasps> into battle for their ladies. Good Lord. Just stunning. A dress like, fit for royalty indeed. Absolutely. And like it, it is a very much on the cover, like sequined pink. It does it like as tiny pearls all the way around kind of the trim of the bodice. Yes. But like, holy shit. Yes, give me 80s prom gown. I love it. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, uh, yeah, we've had some quite good outfits recently. So we've been back mm. on the trail. What was it? Yeah, was well, a lot of that was Lila. Thanks, that was thanks to Lila, I think, and Lila's story. Yeah, that one. And really... her summer suede. Oh my God, her summer suede. Gotta love it. Mm. <laughs> well, listeners, let us know what you think. Um, you, you know where to find us. We are on uh, Twitter at SVH Podcast. You can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. 
And of course, we're on Instagram at SVH Podcast. And we had a lot of love for Lila after Lila's story the other week. <laughs> How could you not? <laughs> um, a lot of people were also fans of the hissing wedding guests, our heroes. <laughs> That wedding crowd were the star of the show. I mean, you know, obviously Lila was a star of the show, but they were a strong support act. And oh. yes, everybody <laughs> loved those guys too. And again, how could you not? Because they were fantastic. <laughs> they were. And we also got told by a lot of people that um, they... Uh, that they that we that you can get married and re- you can register legally in the courthouse and get married pretty much on the same day in loads mm. of American states. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so pretty much the opposite of here. Of here. <laughs> here, it's literally three months. You've got to go in and sort of get the do the paperwork um, three months in advance, and then you uh, you do the the ceremony part. And actually, mm. in some churches now, they don't. You have to then do, you know, send all the papers yourself afterwards into the registry office. So technically your marriage is legally valid. We oh did have a, we got married in a Unitarian church and a, about a year after the wedding, we were like, oh my God, we didn't check if they were doing the, um, the, <laughs> like the, the paperwork, paperwork part. Like, yeah. So are we married? Oh my God. <laughs> we were, we were, and then we got our official certificate. Uh, but <laughs> it was official. <laughs> there's a lot more faff here, basically. Like, mm, very true. A lot more sort of organizing. So, yeah, apparently you can organize a marriage in three weeks in America. And uh, hence, Joan wasn't quite so crazy after all. There you go. Yeah. Mm. Very doable. So, uh, listeners, we you you know that uh, that we always love hearing from you. And if you love hearing from us, you can get us in your earlobes every single week. Because... <laughs> We are also doing our special Pi Beta Alpha bonus web uh, series on Headstuff Plus. That's true, yeah. So if you want to to join uh, Headstuff Plus, you can head over to headstuffpodcast.com and sign up for as little as five euro a month. So you'll get access to our amazing bonus content and everybody else's bonus content too, every other uh, podcast that's on the network. So there's loads of great stuff. Um, but like, you know, ours is particularly fun if we do say so ourselves uh, yes. because we are recapping the Sweet Valley High TV show, having all the crack over there oh my in, her, in, her little, in her little clubhouse, getting very attached to all the actors on the show and uh, yeah, having a great time because the episodes are surprisingly gas and uh, they yeah, it's, really great. It's, it's really good fun over there. Yeah, it is actually in uh, in the comments on on Instagram to our last episode, uh, Tizaloon said that the only thing that could make the cover of Lila's story better would be if it were British Flannery in a beret or Newsies outfit <laughs> because British Flannery <laughs> Uh, plays Lila in the TV series and she is fabulous often sports a beret and an outfit that looks like she's in Newsies yeah she makes some wild wardrobe choices and we love her for it oh my god we 100% do so yes if you would like to join us over there in the clubhouse just go to Headstuff Plus and um, at headstuffpodcasts.com and sign up and Pi Beta Alpha members we will see you next week in the clubhouse and everybody else we will see you all uh right here in two weeks time when we find out what happens when tony esteban is cheating to win oh my god see you then everybody thanks for listening bye (laughs) 
This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade.